1: To Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 195. Uh, this week, I am here with a returning guest, but a guest who hasn't been on in quite a while. So, welcome back to the show, Mr. Joey Bay.
2: Thanks for having me on, John. It's been a while, but I'm I'm excited to be back.
1: Uh, what have you been up to? We already talked for a while before the we started recording, so yeah. I just feel weird when I ask somebody who I, I just uh, heard all about what you've been up to, like what you've been <laughs> up to.
2: Yeah, I, I think like. <laughs> Like most of uh, us good citizens, we've just been doing a whole lot of nothing. And uh, luckily, there's still wrestling going on. So we have some entertainment to keep us occupied, at least. So <laughs> just just sticking to that pretty much and going outside and getting some fresh air every once in a while. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you, you So you guys, do you guys both have like, I mean, you and your, uh, is it girlfriend or wife? I can't remember.
2: She is my wife now. Oh, your wife
1: now. There you go. She yes. is your. That is a. That's a really famous Sound song. She is my wife. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> right but yes. Uh, so you're you and your wife. You both have work from home jobs. Or you're, like, do you have to like go into work or anything or no?
2: Uh, I primarily. Uh, I'm working from home. I have to go into the office one day a week, but it's like nobody else is in there, so the risk levels are are pretty low. Um, and then my wife is. Uh, exclusively working from home at this point and um yeah i think she's ready to get back and i'm kind of ready to just continue working from home (laughs) i i get i get to hang out in my basement with all my my uh weekly pro magazines and all my autographed merchandise and all my stupid wrestling trinkets and you know (laughs) it's it's a it's, it's a great great environment for uh me personally so <laughs> yeah
1: i love working for home too i can't even like the, i sometimes i feel guilty about it where it's like oh well you know <laughs> this thing has killed four hundred thousand people really uh made my day-to-day life a little better and i feel like, yeah, feels yeah. really guilty it is a weird thing to say but yeah because i used to have a i mean i've talked about this on the show before i had a brutal commute because we don't you know nicole and i don't drive but we live in the uh uh i guess i don't know if you call it the north bronx or what like it's right on the edge of uh, the Bronx and Neck but you know it's a very nice neighborhood and it feels like not having to do this commute every day I can finally enjoy it. but sure. uh, the commute like was brutal because we we don't have like I said, we don't have a car, we don't even have subways over here, so it was like what they call an express bus, which is like you know, I don't know, calling prison like a vacation because it was <laughs> like an hour and a half, you know at least in the morning and then if you're lucky an hour back, uh, you know sometimes longer. so it was just brutal. So yeah, I don't miss, I don't have to, I mean, I, I've i gone in, I think, three times total since last March. So like, you know, I really don't have to, I, it really is great not having to do that anymore. Uh, and Nicole works in the same office as me. So she also just like, you know, she and I both work at home now. But yeah, it's, uh, that part of it's nice. Uh, I definitely would like to like leave the house for other reasons, which you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't get to do anymore. I mean, I, I've, I think I've gone out twice since the end of october like anywhere so you know oh wow i mean like you know outside on the balcony and like walk around but i mean like actually go go somewhere because we get all of our like groceries delivered and stuff so we don't even really need to go food shopping or anything but yeah
2: yeah that's that's about all we venture out for at this point like i mean missouri uh I mean, we used to be a purple state, but we're we're pretty darn red at this point. And it's uh, if you go outside of the city limits, and even some areas within the city, it's uh, it's still Trump land over here. And whatever side you fall on, I, I know we we probably <laughs> agree on this, but it's it's pretty terrible. And there's a uh, it's just exacerbating and extending this uh, this no mask stuff and establishments staying open and whatnot. It's uh it's pretty rough.
1: Yeah, I mean we don't really we don't really have that problem at least here. I mean when I, you know, you occasionally do so, do you see people that mask, but it's pretty rare. So, I mean, I guess that's nice. But yeah, it, yeah. It, is, it is of course very stupid. People outside of America probably listen to that and are like, what does politics have to do with uh, face masking? Well, <laughs> in this country nope. this country has a lot to do with face masking unfortunately. Yes. So, yeah, it was,
2: it's very much politicized unfortunately, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. it is really sad. Uh, but you know, but... We were talking about off the air. there is a new administration, so maybe they'll, uh, you know, maybe get these vaccines moving a little faster. I hope so. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't, not that, not that I'm like, uh, you know, I don't expect them to do a miracle or anything, but they, they can't really do much worse than the last guys. So. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some Japanese wrestling to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All Japan and New Japan is what we're here to talk about this week. Um. Of course, Joey, I, I, as we talked about the last time, you've also been to Japan uh, several times. We were just talking off the air that um, we were both supposed to be going to the G1 uh, this past October, which I totally forgot you were also going to go to that before the world ended. So that, <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been my first time seeing you since we were both on the first Allen trip in 2016. That's, so.
2: that's right. Yeah, I think we were in the same town for All In. I think we were both at All In. Oh, yeah, just... that's true. Logistically, I don't think it, it worked out. Like I drove up and drove home the same day, and so like it was just I had no time to actually like go and hang out with everybody. I think Kreich had a, Rich Krech had a, a Labor Day barbecue or something that yeah. I was invited to, and I just couldn't I couldn't make it unfortunately. But yeah, I went to that darn the luck. But <laughs> yeah, I went
1: to that and the other big gathering I went to. There was like a everybody went to this GameWorks arcade, like and after all in and gathered there for some reason. Which was a oh, cool. an odd, a little bit of an odd choice for a gathering, but it worked, I guess. Um, but yeah, then uh, I I yeah qu- I flew in for that, so because you know obviously I'm very uh you know Chicago's pretty far to drive for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know we stayed, I think, I think we only stayed one. Oh, maybe we stayed two nights. No, 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 we definitely stayed two nights because we went to that uh, AAW show. Uh, oh right, cause yeah, because there were two of them. I think we went to the second one. We must have gone to the second. So you,
2: yeah, so you went to the. Uh... Logan Square they were running that weekend I think that's that's such a cool wrestling venue I love that place yeah it is really
1: cool it reminded me a lot of like these old Ring of Honor venues I used to go to all the time so oh for sure yeah yeah
2: Yeah, I I kind of reminds me I've never been to the New Yorker but it's pretty tight like New Yorker in, in that sense And I kind of I I envision it kind of being a similar atmosphere but
1: that would be a good idea for an omakase someday is like my favorite wrestling venues and like get people out been to a bunch of them because i've been to i've been to so many not to brag but between between uh all these american shows i used to go to and now all these japanese shows be quite the Dude, right they, yeah if, new york if you ever new yorker would be high oh, on my list because that was an amazing venue i bet man
2: i if uh if you ever to do a show with that topic. I'd love to be on. Yeah. <laughs> not to not to uh, shoehorn my way in. Yeah, that, that'd
1: be a cool idea. Maybe I'll think about that for a week coming up. Where I don't have uh, anything planned so far. Um, but yeah, so like that, we, we were in the same town for all that. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> but yeah, the last time when i seen you was during that Allen trip when uh, you and I seemed like the only two people that were interested in going to see a lot of stuff.
2: So yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> we we went to we went to Fuji Q. We went. Miu and uh, Matt, Matt McHugh yeah. and I think uh, Jonas uh, went out to, to Fuji. Took a bus out there. That was a ton of fun. You separated from the group one day and I remember went down to Kyoto for a, a quick bop and and saw a, a, a band that you wanted to see, right? No, the
1: well, so two separate things. I did go to Kyoto by myself, and then gotcha. I also went to uh, I saw Sakana Sakan Action, who does the opening to this show. Yes. Actually, uh, I saw them in that was in Makahari Messe. So that's basically like right when you cross over from Tokyo into Chiba, like I'm, like you're going towards uh, Narita Airport, it's like right sure. on the edge of Tokyo and Chiba, it's like this big uh, convention center complex, like New Japan and other wrestling versions, they run there pretty regularly, so, but gotcha. yeah, it's uh, not that far from Tokyo, but yeah, Kyoto yeah. I just went to because I was like, I, who knows if I'll ever come back to Japan at the time and I really want to see yep. Kyoto, so I went and like saw a whole bunch of stuff by myself that day. That's so cool. That Shinkansen ticket was very expensive, but it was worth. Like people thought I was nuts for doing that all in one day because I guess most people don't look as t- don't look at Tokyo to Kyoto as a day trip. But
2: sure, we I, yeah. I did well having having done it now having done the Shinkansen trip to Kyoto myself now, it really isn't that bad. It's like even even if you do the uh, JR Pass version, which isn't the I, I think that gets you the second uh, fastest. The, Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we did that, and it, it still only took us like an hour and a half. So if you go early enough, you could still have a pretty pretty packed day if you catch the last Shinkansen back yeah. up to Tokyo if you're doing a day trip. But, that yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah,
1: that's what I did. And most people, I think, stay over. But, I mean, you know, there's so much to see in Kyoto that, like, one day is going to, yeah. like, be, you know, nothing, basically. Because, like, sure. you know, just all this historical stuff. But I really wanted to see the... Uh, the, the really famous palace, that's like one of the few, um oh God, I'm got i blanking on the name, but it's like one of the few palaces or castles in Japan, I think it's Niko Castle, that like actually survived completely and like didn't have to rebuild it. So like the interior is like exactly the same even as it was, you know, uh-huh. hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's one of the few castles you can actually walk through and like, you know, see how it looked basically. But yeah, it was like the, it was the emperor's, or not the emperor's, it was the shogun's uh, castle in Kyoto when he would come to speak to the emperor. So during the, the Shogun era, I think the, the Edo period, he would come from Tokyo to Kyoto to, you know, speak to the Royal court, which was still based in Kyoto. And that was basically the castle he would stay in. So.
2: I see. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for the history lesson. <laughs> yeah, we, we did, we did the, uh, Fushimi and Ari, and we actually stayed at that point. a uh, um airbnbs were um still a thing uh, very prominent in 2017 so we stayed like in Gion with like we saw like geishas walking through the streets and stuff and i mean there there weren't too many but um it, it was it was pretty cool to actually witness you know yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff instead of just futuristic tokyo and I've, not to say all of tokyo is futuristic because you can go down some some streets and feel like you're in the countryside even yeah. even in that densely populated city.
1: Yeah, there's some pretty there's some really cool like like that was the thing Nicole couldn't believe when I took her there because she's she grew up in New York so she's used to like the city stuff but she's like their green spaces are like really green <laughs> like really yeah. like they do a really good job with that. Um, but yeah, I, I actually did thinking about it. I did a Kyoto day trip again on my last trip. Uh, this time for a wrestling show, which um, like right it was like the second to last day in Japan. Even after we we had gone to Osaka and Kyoto. And we went back to Tokyo, but DDT added a, a show at Kyoto KBS Hall. Like I'm oh, like,
2: so you got to see KBS? Yeah. In so
1: I was like, I was like, I'm doing this. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna go take the hour and a half train, or I think two hours. I think because I think I had the 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 JR pass this time. So yeah, whatever, sure. whatever it is. I took the train all the way out there, went to this one show, and then took the train back to Tokyo. Even though I had been in, I had been in Kyoto already on this trip, but I was like. I don't care like I've, I've, like kbs hall was a uh like a bucket list item for me because that's for, for, sure. for people listening i don't know that's the one with like the uh the stained, the
2: stained glass, stained glass window. windows yeah it
1: looks yeah. it looks so cool on tv and even in person it looks cool too it's a little jarring to see them like because it's um and like the way they're set up with the rest of the building it like the part of the buildings you can't see on tv it doesn't match as well as you would imagine like it looks a little uh, like plastered on or something. I will say, so that was a little surprising, but still really cool just to be there and see it after sure. seeing it on tape for so long. Because, like, you know, the first time I saw that on tape was probably like two thousand two or something. Because Toriumon used to run it all the time. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty crazy build. It's a pretty like historic building for me. So I definitely wanted to see that one. So like the only. Yeah, I'm... i'm jealous (laughs) yeah it's pretty (laughs) awesome i mean the only like building left on my bucket list that i I haven't been to is the nippon budokan so
2: ooh, i i got you there i i I still need to uh, a bucket list for me is uh kobe sambo hall Mm. uh i know it's 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 just a big room it's nothing special but i just want to go see i kind of want to see one
1: two there too yeah
2: yeah and then uh i haven't been to Either Eddie on Arena, and I really want to see shows in Osaka. Yeah, you're right.
1: I but haven't I, been there either. I went to Osaka Joe Hall,
2: which was yeah, me too, awesome. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I haven't seen Eddie on Arena either. So I guess there are some other ones, but
2: yeah, but yeah, Nippon
1: Budokan is a big one for me,
2: though. So, so I, I was actually not to keep harping on uh, on this subject before we get into, you know, what we're here to talk about. <laughs> but uh, like if uh if there's a direct comparison to Osaka Joe Hall. I, for me personally, I, I've only been to MSG once, and it was before they renovated it. And just the the bowl style of Osaka Joe Hall reminded me a lot of of MSG, but it, it was it was a much nicer venue overall. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: I've been and I've been to old MSG a million times too, so yeah. I definitely see the resemblance. Yeah, like Osaka Joe Hall was like one of these buildings I wasn't expecting. Like I didn't have it on a, like as a bucket list item or anything, but it looked so cool once I was in there. I mean, it is yeah. a really cool looking venue so
2: yeah it was it's awesome when did did
1: you go to osaka joe hall for dominion 2018
2: uh 17 17. so i was there the hour-long draw and i think uh i i went i was i went and did uh best of the super juniors 2017 so osprey and kushida and then we went to osaka and kyoto kobe for the following week. yeah
1: you did the same exact thing i did in 2019 when i saw ah yeah i saw osprey shingo and then uh Okada Jericho, which was not that good, but but Night was really good, so that was that was cool. But yeah, that's
2: that's like a, a great time to go. Yeah. Like if uh, if you're a wrestling fan and want to not go in the winter for the dome and still want to see a bunch of like big New Japan shows, like that's that's clutch right there. And then there's always something going on with with so and yeah. you can fill the, the rest of the week up. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to remember what else we, I, I will say it,
1: it 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 felt like there was less other stuff to go to then in April or in, uh, like, G1 time. Like, as far yeah. as, like, other random promotions running. I mean, there was still stuff, but, like, it just did, it didn't It did feel like other promotions were running a lot. But, because I remember that that, fir- that first we went to when like, there was a million things going on. And yeah. then when I went during the G1 time, uh, that, that was right when, you know, we got to go to DT Peter Pan, too. And then yeah. there was also i think there was like a couple noah shows like there was a whole bunch of stuff so yeah i just feel like of the three times there probably was the least other non-new japan stuff to do obviously the most which i you know i'm gonna do at some point hopefully this year if you know we ever get back to normal by then uh the most the best time to go for random other stuff and a big new japan show is obviously wrestle kingdom because you know everything is running at the same time so that'll be really fun if i actually get to go but uh Let's just say I'm not uh, counting those chickens yet. I mean, yeah, you know, if I
2: don't... Marking the calendar, just not getting your hopes yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if
1: I don't go this year, then I'll probably go the following year. But, you know, I guess we'll fi- we'll yep. see. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so All Japan's Korokin, which is the first show we're here to talk about. Uh, it was January 24th on Sunday. Uh, so I should say we're going to talk New Japan as well. But I figured we could start with All Japan uh, since their show here was much bigger. The other show we're going to talk about is the New Japan... Uh, January twenty third old award gym show. And we'll touch on the road the Road to New Beginning stuff in general because I have a few I have a few thoughts on it, so teaser for later. Uh but yes, this Korikin, you know, it seemed like it was a sellout for the uh for the current amount of uh fans allowed at COVID. six hundred sixty seven uh people attended, so that's probably about capacity right now. Um, you know, obviously some of these New Japan Korikans from earlier in the week uh were doing you know, hundreds less of that, so you know uh people did show up for this one at least with the big match it
2: was at night was it the second night of the new japan uh corkin run last week that only had like 300 people yeah i think so
1: and Something these weekday that, yeah, that these rough. weekday shows are becoming a real tough sell now because you know
2: so the early starts. yeah and, so
1: p. Yeah. so the, they were starting at 6 30 that was the normal start time um they're tr- even though it's not like a I don't think it's legal that they have to end by 8 o'clock, but they're trying to abide by the Tokyo curfew where they want people home by 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, of course, you could talk about the effectiveness of uh, whether a curfew helps for COVID. It's not, it's not vampire attacks they're trying to, to fight. It. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's right now what they're doing. They have the 8 p.m. Uh, curfew. So they're starting the show at 6, and they're trying to have them over by 8, and that's been fine. They've been getting them over by 8. The problem is like, people don't have, people have work still, and, you know, a lot of people get off of work at 6, so if you right. rush, or later in some cases, so, I mean, I've heard people say that, like, um, you know, when the show's at 6.30, people sometimes don't arrive till 7. So now, if you arrive at 7 for a 6.30 cork in the last two and a half hours, I mean, you still got plenty of show. If you arrive at 7 yeah. for a two-hour cork in the start at 6, you have an hour left, basically, so... Yeah, you
2: you get the semi-main in the main event, yeah. probably. so it. it's a
1: really yeah. tough sell for people right now. Um, you know, the weekend shows are doing better. I mean, today's show, uh, I don't know if they have a number yet, but it looked pretty full, today's Corican. Let me see if they have a number on the site yet. Um, and obviously, this show was at uh, 11.30 a.m. on a Sunday, so really no problem there as far as in attendance.
2: Um, and, the, and it's especially nice for us and on the over in America yes on the other side of the Pacific. I love I
1: I love the 11:30. Uh it's so nice. I love the 11:30 shows They're so great. Well
2: we're they they've done 3 in a row now too all And yeah. and it's uh I'm getting used to it and I'm uh I don't know. I I didn't get to watch this one live unfortunately because I was stuck watching the uh the UFC last night but uh, um my heart was there. <laughs> uh so today's so... park
1: can actually only did 471. Okay. So that's actually oh, wow. yeah, that's about what the that's the same thing the the Tuesday one did four seventy. The Monday one, I think, was the big. Yeah, the Monday one did three ninety six. And then last Sunday, uh, let's see if it ever loads. Last Sunday did six ninety four. So okay, so like, so basically, I I think people blew off these corricans because <laughs> the Oda War Gym yeah. Show that we're going to talk about that did uh, one thousand three hundred twenty five, which was a sellout. So that was, like, the the capacity of the Ward Gym right now, apparently. So it feels like people just decided to go... I mean, Ward is not... You know, it's far enough to the West that, like, you're probably drawing some fans, like, locally that don't want to go all the way to Korokin, too. But, like, you know, there's probably some fans in the Tokyo era that were like, well, I'll go to the first Korokin, and then I'll go to the big Ward Gym show, but then I can blow off the rest of these Korokins with identical cards. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, today's show was actually, I, I think, the best of the tour so far, so... Uh, you know, that is, uh, I guess it's unfortunate that not, not a ton of people showed up for that. But yeah, the All Japan Corkin, uh, today on the 24th, that did, you know, strong number here, 667, uh, so people did show up here for the Triple Crown title match and the other big matches. Uh, so we'll start the main event and work our way down since, uh, you know, the most interesting stuff here was definitely at the top of the card. Uh, the main event, of course, was Suwama with his fifth successful defense of the Triple Crown title defeating Shotaro Ashino in twenty six forty one with a backdrop hold. I guess before we get into the match, Joey, I guess going in here, did you think Ashino had a chance or did you think Suwama was going to retain <laughs> um, I
2: To be honest, I, I, I thought Ashino was taking the belt. You know, he's coming back for his, his second uh, challenge against Suwama. And I, you know, I just had it in my brain. It's like, what else? Like, I'm... I... Like... All gripes aside, in terms of all Japan booking, it's not like Suwama's like, like, these are all just stinkers that he's having in these defenses. Like, they're actually good to great matches. Um, but it just feels like it's somebody else's time now. And I, I don't, would, would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: going yeah. into the match, I, so I was really 50 50 on who was going to win. I, I kind of thought probably Suwama was going to retain because. Um, for, I don't know. The, the, like, Ashino... Like, the Voice of Wrestling Twitter account made this point. Like, Ashino did not feel like a hot challenger here. Like, he did not feel like he had been built up to take the belt from Suwama. Um, you know, that could have made... Could have been like, oh, it's going to be an out-of-nowhere title change. That would have been possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just didn't feel like he was built up here to, to win the title. And it felt like more like they were running back a match that, you know, they last ran in front of no fans and, you know, letting letting happen in front of fans and see if they could draw... A decent number which they did so i mean good good on them for that um but yeah i would agree that suwama i mean i he had a you know a, a, a kind of poor champion carnival and so did everybody else um you know and that was a big problem with all japan's you know 2020 and i think you know the promotion got a lot of uh you know a lot of derision during the second half of the year especially like people really kind of seemed you know pretty fed up with them uh and i think yeah. they're off to a, a better start in 2021 i mean this is you know, you said Suwama has been having good to great title defenses. I think, especially this month, uh, like I yes. really love both his defenses here against uh, Aoyagi and now against Ashino. Um, so yeah, I think he's you know he's off to a good start. But it definitely does feel like this reign is a little—it's more than a little long in the tooth. Like I think most people expected it to be a kind of a shorter transition reign. And instead, you know, we're going up on a year now. <laughs> it was, it was, right. Like, when did he win the title again? It was like March, right? March of March. Yeah, so we're yeah. coming.
2: He beat me hard yeah. Right. yeah, March twenty. So we're coming
1: up on. We're two months away, exactly. Full, yeah, a full year. Yeah, so it is kind of crazy. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I like. Do you think they're? He's just a placeholder until, you know, like Nomura. Like until they know if Naoya can come back, or do you think they're just cooling down Jake Lee again until? you know, the spring, and then he can...
1: Yeah, it's a really... I, I
2: have no idea. I'm, I'm not good with this type of stuff, with the, the booking predictions, but I just, I don't know who else they could really throw at yeah. him, realistically. At this like point. I
1: really have no idea where they're going, and you know, it makes me wonder, like, the, the Zeus champion carnival win felt like nothing, especially when he went on to lose his shadow challenge, so it really makes yeah. me wonder if maybe Jake Lee wasn't supposed to win the champion carnival last year, and then go on to beat Suwama pretty quickly but maybe they decided you know let's wait a little while longer and see or Nomura or uh you know he brought Nomura because you know they didn't know he's gonna get hurt obviously um yeah you know maybe they just decided well let's wait and you know see if more fans can come back uh before we uh you know do like like suama easily could have been uh like you know people people thought the evil thing was like a covid uh you know related thing which i don't think it was at all um, whereas this, I do kind of buy the idea that like Suwama was not supposed to be champion for a fucking year or whatever it's going to end up being. <laughs> and it just ended up being kind of a thing where it's like, well, he's perfectly fine as champion. Let's just let him keep the belt during this really, uh, uncertain time where we can't run, uh, you know, anything close to full buildings anyway. Cause I mean, champion carnival, especially felt like a test pattern. Like that felt like them saying, you know, this is all we're willing to do as a champion carnival during this pandemic. So there's no way the original champion carnival idea for 2020 was, you know, Zeus squeezing people's heads with his rest hold. And like, (laughs) there's no way that was the idea. So, um, the match itself though here, I thought was awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty high on this match. I thought this was quite a, a really great match. I don't know if you agree or not, but, uh, I really, I really, yeah,
2: yeah, no, I, Yes, I, I agree. I, I thought this match was fantastic and in terms of limb work and just selling. Uh, there was consistency throughout the entire match from both guys in terms of selling uh, the targeted body parts. And I just, whenever there's something like that that you can sink your teeth in, into, um, aside from it just being a title match, um, I don't know, I love that stuff. It, it's kind of, I, I, I feel like I, I listened to you talk about the uh, 2012 uh, Naito Okada uh, IWTP match from Corican, um on a recent episode, and it, this match kind of reminded me of that because it, it's just literally they're just targeting the back and the knee and the ankle, <laughs> and that's they they stuck to that pretty much the entire match, and it was uh, I, I just love matches. Yeah, like
1: that. it's really strong psychology, and you know, yeah, like I, the, you know, I, there was like some nice grappling to start early on, like where they were. You know, doing all the, uh, you know, like the, the takedowns and the blocks and stuff that I liked. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the if if there was a flaw, I would say, you know, maybe Ashino's work on Shiwama's leg, you know, which made sense was maybe not the most interesting leg work I've ever seen. Um, you know, just. Dec- yeah,
2: he just kind of yeah, laid on it. <laughs> I mean, decent selling.
1: <laughs> a couple times. Decent selling from Shiwama, but a little slow. So I would say that that was probably, um, a, you know, a, a thing there. But it. it, it when it builds to a spot that's as good as the ankle lock tease was, I can overlook that yep. kind of thing. Cause you know, it builds, it, they build it for a while. Um, you know, Ashino and Suwama go back and forth. Uh, and they, you know, Suwama goes, gets, gets his own ankle lock, which was pretty surprising. That was an interesting little, uh, wrinkle to it too. Um, but then, you know, when Ashino gets out and like, you know, reapplies his ankle lock, that's where like, there's a lot of drama, uh, that Suwama might actually tap and they really did a great job at that with like Suwama, you know, reaching at the raft and like, you know, just acting like he's going to tap any second. And they like, I don't know if you watched this unspoiled. I definitely did. Obviously I was watching it live. Um, Did you see, were you spoiled already when you were watching it or no?
2: Um, I, I tried to scroll through uh, Twitter spoils uh, or spoilers, but I, I, I wasn't successful. (laughs) So I, I was, I was like half spoiled. Like I, I kind of, got the impression that Suwama right. retained but uh i didn't know for sure until i i saw yeah it I've, finished, I've had so. a million, <laughs>
1: million matches like that over the years yeah it's true like we, we think you probably saw something but you're not you didn't double check to make sure so
2: yeah you, you try to scroll <laughs> fast or pass it as fast yeah. as possible to, but you know, erase it from your but brain. yeah
1: like the the actual like the, this tease really got me watching it live where i'm like oh my god he's actually gonna tap out here but uh but suama did make the rope so that that was great uh, so built to a really great spot. And then Ashino, you know, he was really pissed and, you know, pounded the map, and then he quickly goes back to uh, his German suplex, which he could, he tried repeatedly to get that on Suwama earlier, too. And then when he finally got that, you know, that felt like a big deal in the match, and that got a two count. Uh, and then he goes to this moonsault at the top, which looked great, but Suwama rolled out of the way. It's beautiful moonsault, yeah. Salt, yeah. And Ashino, like, ate shit on it, too. <laughs> like, just really yeah. ate shit on it. Uh, and that, you know, that, like, you know, that this is where my notes just say, you know, it took a little bit to get going, but at this point, this is an awesome match. And, you know, Suwama, you know, blocks Ashino running in on him, like captures both arms for a really nice capture belly to belly. And then he hits two straight backdrop suplexes uh, and then Zagiri and then a third backdrop. But Ashino still kicks out of two. And then Suwama just kind of says, you know, I, the, the finish was very decisive here. We're like, you know, the, there was no back and forth at this point. Like Suwama just hits a huge axe bomber, another backdrop with the bridge. And that gets the pen. Um, so, yeah, I went I went four and a quarter on this. So I, I didn't like it quite as much as the Aoyagi match, which I went four and a half on. But um, Because, you know, again, this took a little bit to get going. But, man, did it roll once it got there. So, you know, definitely a, an awesome main event here. Very, very highly recommended. Uh, super hot closing stretch. And, you know, without, like, going to the kind of cliche, like, you know, back and forth stuff. It just was much more like, you know... And if you want to point to another flaw in the match maybe, other than that ankle lock spot like once Suwama made the ropes on the ankle lock I was like, okay, well Suwama's winning this now (laughs) because it definitely felt like watching it live, like Ashino had taken so much of the match that by the time Suwama made the ropes it was like well if Suwama doesn't get a big comeback and win here it's almost like he got squashed by Ashino and that's exactly what happened he got all of his offense in right at the end but I don't mind them. I mean so many wrestling matches nowadays are like you know, just trading moves for the last 10 minutes that, like, you know, I really don't mind when they do a different, uh, you know, a different layout like they did here. So, a more old-school layout, if anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It harkens back to, like, the older finishes from... And it's, yeah, it's... uh, it, it is a breath of fresh air instead of just your standard, you know, yeah, like you said, trading back and forth move, big move, big move, and then whoever comes out on top comes out on top at the end. This is as a very decisive finish um that you know <laughs> Suwama got his ass kicked and then he he uh not so much just like said you know what this is it I'm, I'm done with this bullshit like I'm, I'm ready to finish this but like he, he found his opening and and uh and capitalized and it was it was a really really great match I really
1: enjoyed uh, it now as far as what it means for Ashi now and Enfon so I Ooh, I yeah, totally yeah. get if those people are like if you're like an Enfon super fan like uh you know, friend of the show, TJ is, who's been on the show a million times. Uh, I totally get it. Like, you must be really pissed right now. And, it, you know, just to see your guy job again here to Suwama, you know, clean as a sheet. And, you know, I I mean, their booking of the Enfants guys have been has been pretty terrible. I mean, there's really no, there's no positive way to spin it. I mean, you know, just the fact that yeah. Ashino, it, the fact that Ashino would have felt like, uh, you know, that he was out of nowhere if he had won this match, you know, says it all, basically
2: so at, at the end of this match when uh, after they pay their respects to each other and Ashino walks to the back and the the crowd gives him a, a clapping ovation I guess. I don't know. Um uh Infants is all lined up by the curtain and they they just watch him go to the back and they're just it in from I kind of interpreted that as there's possible dissension as him being the mm. leader of Enfants and being a like a, a weak link almost and I'm I'm very interested to see where they go with that and all they did for that I would have they they may have done other things throughout the tour but this is all yeah. I've seen um them them just just silently watching him walk past them and you could just tell they all had this like judgmental just kind of look on their face it it plants some seeds there it's it's very interesting I mean that me. <laughs> would be about
1: the be- I mean that would really be what you have to do if you want to rebuild Ashido you know, as a made veteran now I mean you would need to turn him, break him you off, to turn right? him face and break him off yeah I mean, you know, like Koji Doi, I think is more than capable of serving as a, a heel leader, especially for if they're really just going to be a big card heel unit. I mean, you know, I think he's perfectly capable to do, to serve as a leader. Um,
2: yeah. And Kumarashi's great too in yeah. that role. I mean, I, he's more of, I, I, I would also agree that, that Koji Doi would be a better leader, but I mean, as the heavy, like Kumas. Yeah. awesome. So. I mean, I, like, I love
1: all those guys. So, you know, like, yeah. they could be doing way more with. But yeah, it is, you know, it, it, this is why, like, when people said, you know, they wanted wrestle one to die to see these guys go other places, it's like, well, they will go other places, but the the, the other side of that is they're never going to get pushed as hard as they would have in Wrestle 1 continuing. I mean, you know, other promotions want to push their own guys. I mean, they don't want to push these guys, yeah. you know, who came from the outside. So, I mean, it's just how it is. When, when people wish death on these Japanese promotions I mean like you know like consolidation can be good I guess but like you know what what the fuck is uh Nike and Naba doing lately you know like all these guys <laughs> like all these guys it's like you you see them in other promotions but like other promotions only have so much room at the top of their own cards I mean and they're gonna right. prioritize their own guys so you know that's a well I'm... it's the other side of that
2: I'm a huge defender of Big Japan, and I I do not want them to die. Yeah, I don't. When <laughs> people I, say they want Big Japan, Wh Park always gives me I don't
1: I don't so. really get it because it's like if Big <laughs> Japan dies, it's like what other promotion on earth is going to give you that mix of like strong and death magic? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's just not going to exactly. exist anymore. I mean, you know, Big Japan is not always the most interesting or fun promotion out there. But, you know, it definitely goes in waves, but I don't get one of them to die. I mean, that is it's really weird.
2: No, it's it's a. The unique blend of, of what they yeah. present is is what's what's so great about them, and you know it's it's an acquired taste, or you know it's not for everybody either. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I agree. I, I I can't wish death upon any promotions, really, unless it's there's some like really scummy bullshit <laughs> going on back backstage. Yeah, I can wish you death know. on WWE? <laughs> right. That's condemnable. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> WWE could go die.
1: <laughs> uh, match number six, the semi-main event was Koji Iwamoto. Uh, defending the All Japan World Junior title against Fumidori Abe in 1337. Uh, he makes his fourth successful defense. Um, so, this was the, the the kind of match that's really good that I was also disappointed by. Because, I, I don't know, like when I saw these two names on paper, I would have thought I would go a little higher on the rating. Um, but when I think about it, like Iwamoto in singles matches for me always kind of has a ceiling and he it's kind of three and three quarters for me. That seems to be what I always give his big matches. And that's exactly where I landed here. Um, and it's just very, like, I don't know, there's something about him where, like, he's a technically good wrestler. Like, he does all, his, he executes his moves really well. um sure. But, like, he leaves him a little cold with both his selling, his in ring charisma. And, like, he just, there's something about him that always struggles to connect with me at a certain level. So, I mean, yeah. I love Abe, though, so I guess that's probably why I thought I was even more excited for this one. Uh, I mean, it still ended up being really good. I mean, you know, they, they did a lot of good mat work. Uh, Abe, you know, nearly got a tap out, you know, five minutes into the match before Iwamoto made the ropes, which was a uh, a cool little spot. And, you know, he was, like, unloading on Iwamoto with these really hard slaps and uh, punches and, you know like caught his leg uh when your tried to counter with his delayed knee that he does and like glibber this really nice dragon screw um yeah and they both went back and forth like a lot of strikes uh and throws down the stretch until your uh finally got the pin with whatever that judo throw of his is called i people may find me for this before that for not knowing the name of this judo throw but i'm not a not a judo person what do you want me to tell you <laughs> uh but whatever it's called he we all know yeah, what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Saw... <laughs> the Koji U Exactly. <laughs> uh But yeah, so three and three quarters, I mean, I would have liked to see it maybe go a little longer, uh, you know, especially on a, on a show that's like as shallow as this one with so few other big matches. Uh, you know, 13 and a half minutes isn't like, I guess, super, super short, but, you know, they could have gone like, you know, between 15 and 20 for sure. Um,
2: yeah, I would have I not been upset with another five minutes and let them like let things sink in because they were just... It was, if there's anything I could say about this match, it was just that there were, there was no, it was completely back and forth the entire match. And they didn't really stop to like let anything sink in or, or breathe. It was just like boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom for the entire match.
1: But, uh, you know, it was good. I mean, you know, three, like three and three yeah. quarters is still really good, but, uh, you know, a little disappointing compared to what I was expecting. Yeah.
2: I, I was hoping for more out of these guys as well. Um, that, that real world tag league final, uh, like I've been a fan of Iwamoto for uh, since he sh- started really showing out in all Japan, but uh, that that real world Tag League final last year was—I just thought he was—he came off like a killer in that yeah, one. Yeah, that was him and, him and Jake Lee and Jickley against
1: Kento and Aoyagi, right? Yeah, that match yes, was awesome. Yeah. They went like four and a half on it. Yeah,
2: yeah. That that match ruled, and I was I was hoping we would get that Koji Iwamoto uh, where he's, he just kind of went. Uh, kind of takuya nomura ish where he's like blank faced and oh like abushi too where he's just like you know i'm i'm tired of this bs i'm just gonna beat the shit out of you now kind of thing um but hey maybe they're they they had like their sign of respect where they kind of you know brode out at the end of the match and, and shook hands and and showed each other respect and hopefully we we get an extended version of this at yeah. some point maybe in the, the junior uh junior tournament. I mean, I will
1: say like to me, Irimoto is a classic guy that works better in tags where like all of his, all my favorite matches are all these tags. I think where like, he gets in and does his spots and gets out and he's like, comes off, like you said, like a killer. Uh, We forgot to mention, by the way, after the main event, uh, Kohei Sato walked out as the next challenger (laughs) for Suwama, um, which was a, it was a night of big challenges, which we'll get to with the junior title in a second too. I I don't know how you feel about Kohei Sato. He's a guy that I've always kind of been a little bit more of a mark for like i i really liked his uh his stuff in zero one whenever i saw it like he has a there's a match he has against um from like i mean he's been doing this forever now i mean um it's a match he covered on a five matches episode with him and nakamura from like 2009 during that new japan zero one feud at the time that's fucking awesome and you know Mm. sato i mean he's he's my kind of wrestler where like he just he, he he'll laugh in your face while he like beats the shit out of you Uh, He's like one of the stiffest guys even for Japanese wrestling, which is saying something. And, you know, I I, I love him. So, you know, I I definitely support him challenging Suwama. I saw some people groaning like, oh, two more old guys in another triple crown title match. And it's true, Kouai Sato uh, is pretty fucking old at this point. I think he's like 40, yeah, 43. Exactly right. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, definitely on the older side. He's been around the block a while. Uh, but I, you know, as far as like, but he's like the, even beyond his age, he's completely fresh to All Japan. I mean, he just walked out of Zero One late last year, uh, so yeah. we're really seeing him as an All Japan guy, or at least a you know a freelancer doing All Japan for the first time, you know, in forever. Uh, and I, you know, I think he's probably made appearances over the years, but nothing you know that regular. So you know, it, it's really cool to see him challenge Suwama. Uh, I'm definitely into that match. We don't have a date for that yet, but that'll be really really cool to see. Um,
2: yeah, I'm 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 excited for it. I'm I'm a fan of of Kohei as well, and all of his chain smoking and his, his <laughs> cats and uh wonder, Um, just just the style. I wonder if he he's ever challenged well for the is, title uh... before.
1: Let's check real quick. Just kind of curious. Uh, I...
2: he's he's right up my alley though, and I I it's obvious that it's uh, like Shuji Chicago. Oh, yeah. like, putting a good word in. Yeah, so <laughs> so if
1: Cage matches to be believed, he's never even challenged for the Triple Crown before. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah I mean he's he's obviously held the uh zero one world of title a whole bunch of times six times total so he's no he's no uh stranger to world titles he also held the big japan strong title uh briefly in 2019 um big J- oh yeah i yeah. forgot about that it was only a couple yeah. years ago <laughs> um th- so those are like the two biggest titles he's held it seems like a bunch of a million tag titles and stuff and uh zero one he held the all asia tag titles in 2003 wow that was like his very first wow. title. Uh, so, so him with uh, Hirotaka Yokai. I don't even know who that is. So, <laughs> yeah, me neither. But yeah, <laughs> um, so that was his first title, the All Asia Tag Titles. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so he's the next challenger. Now, interesting idea. Could you see him winning? <laughs> cool. It would be it would be really cool. On one hand, to see an outsider champion, they haven't had one, you know, in a while. On the other hand. Uh, I think people would flip the fuck out because it's like you have this probably eleventh month or even one year long Suwama reign. By the time it ends, and you used to put over a forty three year old Kohei Sato, <laughs> like people would people especially... would have Shujishikawa's head on a pike for that one. Especially since we all know it's his buddy. Uh, but yeah, that would be that'd be something.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, the VTR for this uh, this triple crown match with Ashino and Suwama, like they were with my limited japanese they were um really stressing like the new generation like the shin tidai mm. um and it's like they, they got like jake and, and kento and Aoyagi and, and ashino kind of showing up in this in this vtr is like the new generation and Suama's is kind of like the 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 last warrior of like the previous and then it's like oh like, no, not... The new generation's not going to get the Triple Crown. It's going to be... Kohensop, <laughs> I think
1: people would melt... People so, would surprise. melt down. And I, I would be... It's one of these things where, like, I would be into it and also understand why people would melt down.
2: Because it's like... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't help their drawing no. power, to be honest. Like, um, it would be fun to watch. I, I agree. But I don't think they'd be filling in as well as yeah, they have I mean, my, recently. If, if my official prediction is Suama
1: wins, but... Uh, you know, yeah. for all the reasons we laid out, but yeah, that would be something. Uh, so you, it will be. Back, I no. think it'll be really good. I'm really <laughs> excited. The junior title, meanwhile, the afterwards, after Iwamoto retained, the lights went out and Shiba's music played, and we got a video message with him uh, challenging Iwamoto for a future title match. Also, no date yet for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's something. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of think Shima could win that. Unlike unlike Sato, I kind of think Shima could win,
2: but. Yeah, it seems like I've, he's been him and the rest of or uh, T Hawk and Linda have been uh, showing up more often in All Japan recently. And I, I think was it the the twelve thirteen Fan Appreciation and show where uh, it was was it uh, Suama Shima and Kento that tagged yeah. together? Um, I think after that match, uh, Shimo got on the mic and like pretty much said Strong Hearts is coming to All Japan next year. So I hope that happens. And honestly, I hope. Iwamoto beats Shima, and then we get like, uh, like Shima then you know pivots to T Hawk or Linda for a a, a title defense or uh to set up a, a title match against Iwamoto. T for
1: the title or, isn't he too big. Yeah,
2: who's T Hawk? uh you'd probably know better than me, but I hate. Let me that's say, the case, what's T What Linda. is T
1: Hawk's listed as? I mean, he's 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 listed I, at oh no i guess he could do it he's 86 kilos 190 pounds let's see what the all japan junior yeah. I and mean, they could do whatever they want i guess but you know i don't know if they would consider yeah, him yeah. a junior but i guess they could do it let's say that the weight limit for this because is uh... i feel okay, like Yomoto yeah could have so 220 like, pounds 100 farm. 100 kilograms so yeah he would just fit under there by pretty actually by quite a bit gotcha. actually so never mind what i said <laughs> I just in my head T, in my head, T Hawk is not a junior, but
2: and that's because he's always he's always standing next yeah. to Linda and he's got like six <laughs> inches on him. So. But he's only like
1: five <laughs> nine. He's not like that tall. It's just he's in he was in Dragon yeah. Gate. He looks like he's uh, a fucking giant next to some of those guys. Yeah, so, he really yeah, does. Not...
2: I've been watching I've been watching some twenty twelve uh, uh, Dragon Gate recently, and I I caught up to uh, King of Chop, and so he's all over that. And I'm just like, man, this guy. Like, I knew he was good, but, like, I wish there was somewhere he could land in 2021 where he could really just, you know, yeah. blow up. And maybe all the fans have played, I do mean, I place, kept I, thinking, know, cause it, just I kept thinking it was going to
1: be DDT, especially after he and Linda Mann were yeah. so awesome in the King of DDT tournament last year. But it did not happen. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, DDT has so many guys anyway that it's, I guess it's tough to find him a, a, a regular spot. Uh For
2: sure. But I, I am excited to see Yomoto versus any of those guys and Specifically Shima too Like I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that
1: So there you go, that's the junior title stuff uh, Then we have the third and final title match here, Well, the first of the three on the card uh, Junkazai defends The Giora TV title in a hardcore match Against Black Mensa Ray In 1241 With a vertical drop type reverse tiger driver uh, According to the All Japan site Just kind of looks like a pedigree to me But whatever <laughs> Uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, this was, look, this was one of the kind of match that, like, there are some people that do not want to see this stuff in All Japan at all. Uh, and I get it. I mean, this is, you know, it is Zed Nihon, I get all that. But, like, if you're if you're willing to have this, first of all, it's for the Gayora TV title, which is a belt that no one <laughs> on Earth has ever given a shit about. So, it's not like he's doing this for the Triple Crown. Uh, so I don't really have a problem with that part of it. Uh, second of all... You know this stuff was this was a fun match. I mean, I thought this was like a you know it's not like a, a fucking mat classic or anything, but I went like three and a half stars on it. I thought it was good. And after sitting through the the first four tags that were nothing, I was like, well, you know, at least we had some something to bite your teeth into here. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, you know, Mensah Ray, he's obviously a, a a kind of a comedy gimmick, but like at least he's funny. So like like his theme yeah. song, which is you know. Uh, this weird remix of Shots by LMFAO. I always forget what it is until it starts playing, and it always cracks me (laughs) up. And, you know, the theme song is because obviously it sounds like they're saying Sha, which is his, you know, his uh, snake sound. But yeah, probably the funniest part of the entire match was Menso choking Jun Kasai over the ropes with what appeared to be a garden hose while yelling Sha, like, like in one big, like, Sha... Uh, that's one of those things that will stick with me for a while. That was, and then at one point, Jun Kasai uh, pulls the poor snake man's mask off and gets out the skewers, and he just stabs this man in the head. Uh, of course, first of all, it's uh, shocking that he uh, would reveal uh, Black Men's or Ray's very secret identity here. Uh, so that's uh, oh you my know, god! Un...
2: I couldn't believe it was <laughs> Yoki Nakatine under the mask. Just,
1: uh, just a, just a shocking uh Lack of respect here by Gene Kasai <laughs> uh, doing this unmasking. But yeah, this was pretty fun. I thought, you know, definitely the best thing on the show up to this point. Uh, you know, after f- the four tags we're, gonna, we're about to talk about that were nothing. Uh, so I I enjoyed yeah,
2: it. I, I I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I I was going into it thinking Kasai was just going to beat the hell out of Mensurei and then he, uh, you know, kept kicking out at, at 2.9 and uh, putting up a fight and the skewer spot like i thought it, the, it was pretty funny uh uh because i tried to put the he tried to jam the skewers through like through the mask with the mask on and then that didn't work so he ripped <laughs> the mask off and and then did the skewer thing but uh you know besides like my only issue and this is not related to all japan at all it's just like i've seen it so much within such a short period of time i'm kind of over uh, people ripping masks <laughs> off of guys right now. I mean, we've had Desperado, Dragon Kid. Uh, I don't even know why I know this, but TJP had his mask ripped off, or he tore it off at at uh, the last big Impact show, um, and then now this. And I'm just like, come on, <laughs> can we just like return to some decorum here, like with masked wrestlers? Like, can we can we cool it at least space it out like every three months or something? But it's like within the last month, I've seen it four times it's like Ugh. but in terms of the match i, I really enjoyed it.
1: uh then shuji shikawa walks out to be the next challenger in a death match which the crowd death, reacts yes. huge for <laughs> that i mean look if you don't know the history of shuji Ishikawa in death matches he held the death match Heavyweight title for all of 2013 practically in big japan and that's where all those scars on his body comes from and it's you know some of the most memorable death matches of all time and then when he yeah, yeah then when he again. lost that title, he was like he retired from death matches. He's like, I'm not doing death matches, you know, ever again. Basically, and he might have done like some tags or something after that, but I think for the most part, he's really stuck to that. So to have him walk out here and be like death match for the Gaora TV title of all things—that is crazy. So again, no date on that yeah. either. Just like the other two, they set up here, but uh, I I can't wait for that. That's going to be nuts. So,
2: but do you? I can't even. Like my brain can't comprehend seeing the blue all Japan canvas with light tubes <laughs> like wrapped around the ring like on the ropes I'm just like yeah. what is this uh, and I'm am a deathmatch fan and I'm looking forward to it but I'm I, I can't wait to have that visual I know there's tons of people that are are that hate it and will despise it yeah. but like personally I'm 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 pumped for it and also like you said like seeing those two go at it in the deathmatch like that means a lot to whoever's followed both of these guys careers and I'm sure they're going to freaking kill it but i mean look
1: the fans there seemed excited so i don't know like look i I get it with all this stuff where people are like oh angry about it it's like it's fuck this is not this 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 is barely the same company that it was in 1995 like they have to do something to you know some different things to stand out i mean look if you if you really look at it like you know the way japanese wrestling has gone in the past 20 plus years i mean who is the continuation of all japan and like what they were doing it's new japan I mean, New Japan completely yeah. went away from the the historical basis of the promotion, which was the you know the strong style, the the fit, you know, style, yeah. The, they went to the they yeah, do King's they do came from That's that's the <laughs> <a> point <laughs> I, I've made that point a million times. But yes, they basically took all Japan style, uh, the '90s all Japan style. And that's that's what they are now. Is a continuation of that. They really have almost no connection to their historical strong style of like you know, which was kind of like fake MMA basically I mean if you especially if you go back I mean I've been watching a lot of these older New Japan stuff there's a lot of uh like you know like the very first Tokyo Domain event is like a worked MMA match for like Inoki and um you know this giant Georgian judoka they don't do anything like that anymore so you know New Japan you know does the historical style of all Japan Noah you know in some ways kind of does the historical style of New Japan you know with like at least with like the kicks and like you know the, um, you know the really intense striking, and you know they have a few guys like you know they use Fujita, uh, who was around in the in the Inoki-ism days, and uh, you know they use Hideki Suzuki sometimes. So they're probably the closest thing to a continuation of that style. And you know that leaves all Japan, but like, well, what what the fuck's our niche, right? I mean, so you know this is a kind, of, Kento's Fujita, <laughs> yeah. Main yeah. I mean, this it. is a kind if of, this is Kento's the kind of thing they have to style. do to get some attention. I mean you know, I kind of understand it. It's it's barely the same company. I mean, you know, it has the same color mat, sure. but that's about, that's really about it, so.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, like the, the Gawara title really means nothing yeah. to anybody, and it hasn't, and at least this is elevating it to actually, like, it's at least getting people to tune in to see out of interest what the heck is going on with Jun Kasai yeah. and this belt. I mean,
1: Yoshi Tatsu no, had know. this belt before I... that. I mean, who gives a... Who sushi had it. Yeah, sushi yeah, had yeah. it for a long time. I mean, like, who gives a shit? So, at least they're they're doing something yeah. different with it. I mean, I did say on Twitter, like, uh, Jun Kasai versus Shuji Ishikawa in all Japan in a death match for the Gayora TV title. It sounds like wrestling Mad Libs. I mean, it really does. <laughs> like, it's <does>, like you're just <laughs> putting things in, but it is funny, and I can't... It, I mean, I'm going to have to go find that. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> to see. Like it really does sound like wrestling match. Uh, match number four on this show was an eight-man tag team match. Um, the team of uh, the Enfants, Koji Dori, Kuma Arashi, uh, Omor, uh, Hokuto Amori, and Yusuke Kodama. They beat the team of Kento Miyahara, Yuma Aoyagi, uh Atsuki Ariyagi, and Rising Hayato. Uh, that went, let's see, only 7 minutes and 16 seconds, so that very quick. quick. Uh, Omori pinned Aoyagi um, you know this was every undercard tag on this show but probably the best one uh, but perfectly fine, utterly forgettable very short, uh, I went three stars because the action was fun while it lasted but there really was not much to it at all uh, and then M. Scott got to stand tall here which I wrote at the time may or may not be good for Ashino in the main event it turned out to not be good uh, and Omori I think, I mean you probably even you know more Japanese than I do, than I do I think he was like taunting Yuma about pinning his brother after the match, I think.
2: Ooh, ooh, I'm Umori, sorry. I think, wait, was wait, taunting wait, wait, Yuma wait, wait.
1: Aoyagi about pinning his brother. I think. Oh
2: uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. I. Um, yeah. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, my Japanese is is pretty uh, <laughs> <Well, so laughs> <is that> bad <laughs> at this point, but
1: <laughs> I always say third grade level. That's about where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think that th- <laughs> I think that's what I got out of it. I think he was taunting his br- taunting Yuma about pinning his brother, but. Um, you know, i an interesting guy cause he was an all Japan, you know, all Japan raised guy who joined the N but I don't know.
2: Yeah. I really like him too. He reminds me of, uh, just aesthetically, he reminds me of like a, like a 2008, 2009 mm. Yamato. Um, I think it's just like the little ring skirts that he comes out with, um, that, that very much aesthetically looks like Yamato, but he's, he's got a similar look, but I just really like his, uh. He's got a lot of charisma yeah. for a young kid.
1: So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, Mash three Shuji Ishikawa, Kohei Sato, and Ryuke Honda defeating Yoshitatsu, Ryuji Sai, and Chikara. Uh, Sato pinning Chikara in 735 with the drill hole pile driver. Um, so yeah, Sato gets the pin here. That makes sense because he was going to walk out to challenge uh, in the main event. Uh, some nice kicks from Sai on Honda. That was my early highlight. Chikara. Uh, <laughs> still pretty bad uh he somehow made a top rope chop look like shit uh but you know <laughs> then he gets cut off and double teamed by the ishikawa side and then pinned fairly quickly by sato with a pile driver i mean the thing people don't get with shikara is he's like being bad is kind of his gimmick i mean it's really not yeah. something he's uh you know he's trying it's i don't know if he's trying to be bad but they definitely leaned into it uh like at this point if you're still waiting for uh him to be some kind of great wrestler because of his family lineage, uh, I don't think you're you're going to see that ever. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah,
2: but he's not he's not like if I see him on the first like third of a, or half of the card, and he's more often than not taking the fall, I'm not I'm not going to turn off the show because Jakara is yeah. booked. You know he's he's oh my fine God, he's for what he nine. is. You know he's, he's... yeah, holy cow. <laughs> uh...
1: His kid's going to start <laughs> wrestling soon. <laughs> Who's... So, yeah, he, he's what? Ricky Dozen's grandson, right? I think? Or is it great-grandson?
2: Is it... I think it's great-grandson, yeah, right? right?
1: But and that's right. But... He's uh, Mitsuo yes. son. I thought M- Mitsuo Momoda... yeah. Okay, so his grandson, because Momota is definitely Ricky Dozen's son. Yeah, so grandson. Yes, okay. But, yeah. Because uh, Momota was also known as Ricky Dozen Jr., so... But yeah, but ah, yeah I do not know that. Son. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if you're waiting for Chikara to be, uh, you know, some kind of great wrestler, I, I, I think the, the ship has sailed on that one. But uh, he only started in 2013. Wow, you would think he would have been around longer than that. But uh, yeah, that's just kind of kind of interesting, I guess. But yeah, I mean, last year to give, you, I mean, he's very much a part-time guy. I mean, to give you an idea, he worked 12 matches for Freedoms. 10 matches of all japan four for ddt four for that ppp tokyo thing that's like very tiny indie three for the pro wrestling a team like the apache uh thing and then the one for something called the Mm. kira kira tayo project i could not tell you what the fuck that is so uh
2: so very very notable bookings that that fans should really Taka, get upset
1: about Talk I mentioned events whatever that is the Kira Kira Taiyo project so that's huh. like the only name on this card i recognize other than Chikara but there you go uh but yes that's uh that's, that's i mean chikara like you said he, his gimmick is he's supposed to be bad people get really mad about him for some reason and it's like I, I mean he, he just kind of sucks i mean that's all, there's all there's no point in getting mad about it and the gimmick is like the gimmick is that Yoshitatsu, of all people uh, berates him after his loss and like slaps him to motivate him, and it's like when Yoshitatsu <laughs> is telling you you suck. I mean, <laughs> it's something. Yeah. yeah, that was the right. That was a pretty funny post match. Which again, I tweeted about that. I made like a joke about Yoshitatsu berating him, and people thought I was saying making a joke about ber- berating uh, the wrestling promotion. And like now. There's a restaurant named Chikara in all Japan. Not not the... That's like, at this fun. point, I thought Chikara was... The promotion was so irrelevant. I mean, it doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. So I thought that yeah, people no. wouldn't... People wouldn't think I was tweeting about that. But I guess people still don't know who Chikara is. So I, just, I had to, <laughs> yeah, I had I knew to be more called. specific.
2: I uh, Side note. The only time I've ever seen Chikara wrestle live... I think we were at the show together and uh, it was a tokyo world title championship event buddy
0: say goodbye
2: Mochizuki and Benoro Tanaka but I forgot the match it, uh, Chikara was in it was a tag match he tagged with his dad against Kaz Hayashi <laughs> and Shima which I'm just like who who in their right mind oh wait of <laughs> course No Nosawa wrong. guy would put Shima and Kaz Hayashi up against Chikara <laughs> and Mitsuo Moda that show
1: was incredible
2: for crying out I can't believe that show was that incredible mind. I mean
1: that was wow. a that was in Shinjuku Face first of all which is an awesome venue and that show also yeah. had a uh, Kazunari Murakami on it, and he like walked right in front of me, like directly in front of my person, was kicking the shit out of somebody. I don't remember who the fuck he was facing, and <laughs> like these kicks were like so brutal. I'm like, oh, this man looks like a murderer. Like he looks like he could murder me right now if he wanted to. So it was it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was... it
2: was it was him and uh, Yuji Hino against Hideki Suzuki and Tomohiko oh, yeah, that and Hashimoto. Was, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have the, I have that show somewhere on a hard drive. Yeah, I please send it to me because <laughs> I would
1: love to reload that. Yeah, we we'll should do like a retro review. Uh, <laughs> match number two, which was a six man tag team match, uh Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamura, and Rambo Kawamura uh befe- defeating the team of Takao Omori, Carbel Ito, and Alejandro in eight oh two. Uh Sato submitting Omori with the cross arm breaker. That was pretty shocking. I mean, when's the last time a junior heavyweight submitted a heavyweight? I mean, let alone, uh, you know, Omori's kind of a legend at this point. So that was a pretty, pretty nuts finish uh, in a otherwise, uh, you know, nothing match. I think I, I forgot to mention for match three, if you're, if you're dying to know my star rating for that six man, I went two and three quarters. It was fine. Uh, this one here, you know, this was a lot about the Kawamura comedy. I mean, he had a machine gun and there were machine gun sound effects for the gun. His partners did helpfully take it away from him when he tried to use it in in the actual match to seemingly prevent any fatalities, but uh, that he pulled out a knife. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was kind of the highlight. I went two and a half. It was perfectly average. I don't know. Don't really have anything to say about it.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't have much to say. I I would like to see a Rambo Kawamura match against uh, Takayuki to See who (laughs) who would win in a A gunfight face-off of. I mean they both yeah, they it'd be uh, a gunfight. <laughs> so, totally. uh, match the
1: <laughs> opener here was a another six man tag team match. Uh Zeus, Izanagi, and Utamaro defeating Jake Lee, Tajiri, and Francesco Akira. 622. Zeus pins Akira with a choke slam. Um, you know, another perfectly fine tag match, Izanagi. They like the there was a negative highlight early on where Izanagi like weirdly like really screwed up a pretty simple arm drag sequence for Tajiri at the start. He like barely got over for one of the arm drags. Uh
2: so so you saw that as Izanagi not flipping for Tajiri. I I I interpreted it as Tajiri not not hmm. like aiding Izanagi. But I, I know the spot you're talking about. I, I it caught me off guard too. I was like, Wow, that's pretty that's pretty rough to mess up a an yeah. arm track. I mean other,
1: other than that I thought it was, you know, a pretty good match. I mean uh, you know, I I yeah. guess I, did, I deducted a quarter stars, or two and three quarters. But uh, you know, not a lot not else to say about it, just uh you know pretty standard stuff here it's why we start with the beta events first because i really don't have anything to say about these opening tags. yeah definitely uh so that'll do it for this corrigan I, I would say you know a pretty typical all japan corrigan where like uh if you haven't if watched this and you haven't listened to any you haven't you know if you haven't watched it as you're listening to this uh you could definitely skip matches one through four i mean there's just nothing there you need to say uh but the last three matches are all pretty much worth your time and you know i would have to call it like a mild thumbs up show um you know especially the main event i mean really if you're really pressed for time i think you could skip the other two title matches and and just watch the main event but the main event is highly recommended um you know the i had a theory i was batting around in the in the voice wrestling slack uh, last night that i think one of the reasons why people are so down on all japan nowadays is because they haven't run anything resembling a real supercard in a million years it feels like and like you know, they have all these Coricans where, you know, you have, like, one big match or, like, at most, like, two or... I, I, mean, I really struggle to call that third one. Like, your TV title a big match. I mean, it's really two big matches here. Uh, and, like, you know, then a whole bunch of undercard stuff that, you know, means very little. And, you know, those sh- these shows are fine to good. I would even call this one good. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, you got to do some cards where, like, you give people, like, four matches deep, five matches deep. Like, give people, like, a big show to sink their teeth into. They don't do that anymore. They really haven't done that. Uh, yeah. I mean, the last one I can think of is, like, what? Like, the 2018 Sumo Hall show or something? Did they even run Sumo? They ran Sumo Hall in yeah. 2018, right? I think that was the last one.
2: It was either late 2017 yeah. or early 2018. But, yeah. Uh, and then, because uh, they ran it two times, like, within right. a year, um, if I remember correctly. But, but yeah, besides, I, I think once yokohama bunka went out like they kind of just scrapped the idea of running like big big shows Uh, which kind of stinks because i feel like they've got some steam and they could really really do something now especially with not not to like say they're capitalizing on the pandemic but like with these half capacity buildings i'm like everybody else is getting these these big buildings at at what i would imagine are are pretty good rates so they're why, why not book Sumo Hall and, and build to it, or or even the new uh, Yokohama? Uh, uh, what is it the, the new Buda, Yokohama yeah. Budokan, or uh, um, just something like mid level, but not yeah. huge? Yeah, so so know? like
1: um, and, the, the, the so I was a little off. The last Sumo Hall show was August twenty seventeen, so it's been a really long time. And like these it. Yokohama Bunka shows, I'm looking at them now. They have not even ran one of these in a while. The last one they ran, it looks like, was February twenty nineteen uh but even that was like really like four matches deep kind of i mean you had kento versus Suwama. yeah you had strong bj and sweeper for the tag titles you had seki yoshioka against koji Iwamoto in the battle roy finals then you had a random dylan james versus nomura singles match which i mean that's something it's better than a tag but it's not like a big big match and then you had four undercard tags so i mean i, I don't know if i would even call that like a super card you know um
2: that's basically what like what it's basically the same layout yeah as show very just close reviewed. i mean maybe one more match
1: <laughs> yeah. and like again these other ones i'm looking at again like maybe you get three to four matches deep and even here the fourth one on this october 2018 is tajiri versus Chikara for the Gayora tv title i mean they're just not running they're they have not run these like super card level shows that feel like a big deal the way even like obviously new japan does it but ddt does it noah does it i mean noah has nippon budokan coming up uh i mean you know yep. even big japan Runs like super cards, you know, a couple times a year. You know, they do they do sumo hall and they do usually like at least one big Yokohama show.
2: They did the Eddie on Arena last last November. Like there was only a thousand people in the building, but that in in these times and like just given you know where they're at in like the hierarchy of Japanese pro wrestling, that's that was a, a, a good turnout for them. And I think all Japan, even if they were in Osaka, they could probably put more than that in. Like Eddie yeah. Own Arena proper, not not Osaka. Yeah, and uh, you can't even blame two. this on
1: COVID because, like I said, the last, I mean, they have not run a super Card really since 2017. So, I mean, there's many years here, 2018, yeah. 2019, where they weren't, you know, they just weren't doing anything. And I guess, you know, part of it is financial probably. They can't afford to bring in a lot of outsiders to fill out these cards, but like, I don't know. They really got to, I mean, they, they supposedly are on more solid financial ground now, thanks to their, you know, their new president and his, uh, horror movie investments and stuff, and something where, you know, maybe they do this as, like, a celebration after COVID ends or something, but they gotta, like, like run something big again to, like, let people rally around your promotion and, you know, have something big to look for forward sure. to. Right now, they just, you know, they just feel like they're on, like, this endless treadmill, you know, so.
2: Yeah, well, and the Suwama reign yeah. doesn't really help with that, but maybe, like, what, what they need to do is build towards a big show, like you're saying, and, and build that to be Suwama's uh, title loss against Anybody that I mean like they have plenty of people they can build behind, it's just I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Uh but yes, yeah. so some upcoming matches for all Japan that we have booked already. Like I said, the all the all the ones they have up there uh have nothing are not scheduled yet, so we don't know when those will happen. Uh february eighteenth in Shinkiba, we get a very interesting singles match. Uh Kento Miyahara one on one with Abdullah Kobayashi. Uh, because of course there is a tag title match coming up that we'll talk about, but yeah, that is a uh, that is something. And I, I mean, uh, what's his name? It, uh, Jamie from Dramatic D T, like uh, on Twitter, called it uh, "Fire Pro Booking," which I can't really disagree. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm a, I'm a I'm probably an outlier. Yeah, I, I enjoy I, mean, it. I enjoy
1: that even, too. For what he is, even.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't go into his matches <laughs> expecting like. Uh, a Four star yeah. match, like sometimes he might surprise you though, and he might give you a good showing. And then, but like, he's uh, if you know his history and just know what he's put his body through, if you're a deathmatch fan, that means a lot to some people. But like, the the feud that he's built up with Miyahara, and I mean, they're doing it at Shinkiba. I mean, it's not like it's going to be like a, a highly touted match, but they have this little mini feud that's been pretty yeah. entertaining, in my opinion. I, I just I'm, I'm looking forward to that match and seeing what they do with it. I'm sure maybe, maybe Kento will yeah, bleed so a little that'll bit. That'll be interesting. <laughs> so that's
1: February 18th at Shinkiba. Uh, also on that show is the second match of Ryuki Honda's uh, trial series against Yoshitatsu. So sure. there you go. Uh, the next show that we have a match booked for uh, is only a couple days later, February 20th uh, in Nagoya Congress Center. Uh, we have an all-purple haze, all-Asia tag title match. Uh, Zeus and Izanagi will make their third defense against Shigehiro Irie and Utomaro. So, that'll be interesting. You know, maybe not like a humongous match or anything, but just an interesting one, all all in the same unit, you know?
2: Yeah, stablemates going up against each other for the belt. Yeah, i have And then I'm a few days that. after
1: that, yeah. February 23rd at Korokan, so all this stuff is within five days of each other, uh, is the World Tag Team titles, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi against Daisuke Sekiboto and Abdullah Kobayashi. So... Uh, there you go. That'll be interesting as well. So that that you know that just seeing Sekimoto not, uh, and Kobayashi challenging for the All Japan titles will be a uh, you know I, I don't think they're going to win, but you know I guess we'll see. It is the first defense attempt well, for that, Miyahara and Aoyagi.
2: Yes, and it, it does make sense that Sekimoto and Abby are coming in considering they they beat Aoyagi and Miyahara on the first night of the right. Real World Tag League last last November. So that's uh a good shout and then i mean people yeah i'm i'm i coming no. <laughs> off like an apologist but I'm, I'm i'm still a big fan of of dice people say he's falling off but i i still enjoy him and i love abby and i love those guys so i i'm looking forward to this and i think they'll have a all right a fun so these match. are
1: all japan talk we'll get back to it um when we have the, get to the listener questions because there's a few of them uh so let's quickly head over to new japan now uh with show will probably take a little bit less time to talk about not as big of a show but it was a <laughs> Road to New Beginning show on January 23rd at the Old War Jam. Uh, as we mentioned, it was a sellout of $1,325. Um, you know, I, I will say right off the bat, I was pretty disappointed in this show. I mean, going in, you know, I thought this card looked just a lot better than, uh, you know, any any of these corkins obviously. We're not going to cover the, the three Quarkins that took place. I, I watched them all. I will just say they're incredibly skippable. I mean, if you don't want, like they, they are perfect if you have, like if you're like me and you're working from home and you want to put something on the background that you don't have to concentrate on, they're perfect yep. for that. If you want to sit down and pay yep. close attention to a wrestling show, ain't much there. Uh, now the Corkin from today, January 24th, which we're also not going to review because I, I don't think you watched it at all. And I haven't even finished it yet. I, I still have the main event to go. That show was actually quite good. And maybe I'll touch on that before we wrap up this segment. But that that show I think I prefer to this Old War Gym show, which is surprising because uh, you know, this show I thought on paper looked really good, but just, you know, a couple things here didn't really deliver, which we'll get to. Uh the main yeah. start with yeah. the main event here, which you know, uh ELP, El Fantasmo and Tijiri issue Ishi- uh Taiji Ishimori. I don't know why I said Tajiri. I'm sorry. Uh, they successfully or they they successfully uh defeated the team of Canamaro and El Desperado. Uh, ending their junior tag team title right here on their attempted at third defense. So the match went 2307. ELP pinned Kandamar with his loaded boot super kick, uh to become the second or become the junior tag team champions uh for the second time. Um so people on this show I think or listeners know how I feel about ELP. Uh he didn't do much here to change my mind on him. I just you know there <laughs> there was good stuff in this match. Um you know it just did not involve the seemingly endless heat segment for ELP and Ishibori. Uh, it was built around back rakes. You know, ELP did a uh, flipping back rake after w- walking across, which uh, some people probably think is cute, but is honestly just like boring and stupid to me. And I, I just—it's
2: I... <laughs> very—it's very like young young bucks from like twenty. 15, yeah, 20, and like the kind of people kind who of like change. that
1: shit, yeah. I'm not surprised if they like this too. But he just he does less than nothing for me. I mean, like you know, um, he he became a controversial topic in the uh, voices of wrestling slack recently, and like some of that spilled over on the um, on the Wrestle Kingdom reviews we did. But I, I don't know, like people people get like some people get very touchy about ELP, and they're like well, EOP is actually good, and you just don't like foreigners in New Japan. And it's like, there's plenty of foreigners in New Japan who I think are awesome right now. I mean, this is probably the most I've loved the current slate of foreigners. I mean, I love Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. is like, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers in the company. Um, And then even beyond him, though, I mean, I think Jay White's awesome. If he stays, I think he's been really, really good. Uh, You know, I'm trying to think of foreigners now off the top of my head and for some reason failing robbie eagles Rob, is robbie awesome eagles, uh, um th- uh, the th- they're not <laughs> i mean actually Ta- well i was saying tonga loa looks really good and you know on the, in the tag team yeah. tour, not Tonga looks the same as he always does which is not that great but tonga loa i think has made a few a big strides um but yeah i mean there's some other guys too that i'm just like blanking on right now for some reason uh but yeah Cobb is oh, oh cobb's been yeah. awesome there's a great that's a great one I mean Cobb yeah. you know he was ever since the heel turn he's been so good and then you know he he and shingo uh you know put on that incredible match at russell kingdom um and you For know sure. even i mean Osprey not never gonna be my favorite guy and he has his own issues too but I think he's been you know better since he turned heel as well um and yeah. you know there's there's other guys too that uh you know like I said like dragon lee's been awesome when he's been there he hasn't been able to get my company in a while. Uh, John Moxley was awesome when he was there. You know, David Finley, I think, has been was really good during that Tag League tour. I mean, there's plenty of foreigners in this company I like. Is the, I guess is the point. The problem is ELP is not one of them, and EOP is, uh, you know, as heavily pushed as anybody right now in this junior division. And you know, I just, I there's he just doesn't do anything for me. The 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 loaded boot gimmick is just so. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. It's just it is old school and like very. Uh, in a bad way I guess it's like it's a territory cheap heat gimmick that I don't need to see in 2021 New Japan like the whole oh I don't have anything in my boot thing that's supposed to be heel heat it's like it's just very boring to me it's just very there's just nothing to it and like people the other thing people will say with ELP is like if you don't like him well he's a heel you're not supposed to like him and it's like I get it but you can that's the same fucking defense that WWE fans have been making for years about Baron Corbin I mean, you could say that for literally any... Basically, what you're saying when you say that is you are not allowed to not like a heel because not liking a heel is what they want you to do. Well, then I guess evil must be the yeah. greatest listener of all time then, since a lot of people listening to this fucking yeah. hate him. But he's a heel. It's What's he doing that's uh, so fucking different? So, I don't know. I, I shouldn't have... I feel like I've had the same rant on the uphill a million times now, but I just I cannot stand him and, like... His whole gimmick of like uh, internet troll, basically, especially. Like, he has been. he's been—he's is so annoying on the English commentary. I've been trying to listen to it again uh, when Kevin Kelly's in the building, at least, when you, you don't have that horrible overdub effect. But I might have to go back to the Japanese if EOP is going to keep sitting in with him because he is so. And, and I get it. And I. Bef- nobody needs to tell me he's trying to be annoying. I get that he's trying to be annoying. It's just. It doesn't mean it's not annoying. And it doesn't mean I want to see it. So. You know, it's not it's not good heat. It's get the fuck out of this company please heat. So I don't know. I don't know if you feel any different about EOP, but yeah. that's my EOP ramp. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, as a just overall I do, I do agree. I think he's an incredible incredibly talented like human. Um, just physically gifted and that like just exponentially. But yeah, it's something about this character. Um, and like you said like you you summed it up pretty well but i i, I was actually typing up after watching this match i was typing a out a, a, a tweet and i just kept going back and forth like i don't know how to craft the thought that i'm trying to convey but i just like i go back and forth on him so much because like he'll have you know those great showings like he did in the super j cup against liger or or uh rocky romero and the best of the super juniors a couple a couple years ago um and, and just some great matches, but it's something about it's just this this gimmick. It's just cringy. In in a yeah, cringy in the wrong a way. <laughs> And yeah,
1: I mean cringy. It, 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 there's something about it that makes me feel embarrassed to be for both of us. Like yes. for me for watching it, and for you, for him for portraying it. And it's like I don't know. I mean, I I don't doubt the guy has talent. I mean, he had, he's had he's had some matches that I've enjoyed. That one Marvel Osprey that everybody brings up was it was really good. The Sumo Hall one. I'm yeah. not denying it but like I just I don't want to see this gimmick I just don't have any interest in watching this gimmick and you know the the loaded boot thing has just made it worse if anything I mean it's just so it's yeah. just very cringeworthy uh but yeah so I end, I end up slapping three and a quarter on this um you know the the bullshit fiesta at the end with uh everybody running in and refs getting taken out and all that you know I I'm sure that probably annoyed people more than annoyed me I, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, You know, it was kind of silly and the, you know, the crowd seemed to enjoy it. Uh, Although I don't know if you necessarily want people laughing at your main event, but
2: (laughs) that's okay. Thank you for saying that. I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. I was sitting there watching the, the second ref bump. And then uh, I forget who the third ref coming out was, but uh, he comes out and checks on the second ref who was knocked out. And uh, like, you hear that audible laughter in, 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 especially during these times when like everybody's quiet. By rule, and you hear an audible, like, c- like collective laughter in your main event. That means you're not probably hitting the right note <laughs> in, in terms of what you're trying to get across to the fans. And, See, and what I don't know. I kind of think they, they were going my... for
1: that kind of reaction. I just don't know if that's a reaction you should go for in this. <laughs> in this, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess the other side of the argument could be: it's just the junior tag titles. It's just a road to show. I get that it's not like it's the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, but
2: yeah. but it's I I feel like just running a show in Ota mm. Ward gym like that gives it a level of which is of why I was disappointed gravity. by this match yeah, in the show. Just,
1: so yeah, I know I agree. I agree with that.
2: Yeah, I, I loved I loved that venue. I was expecting to go in and I see all these you know basically exactly uh, just kind of facsimiles of the shows from earlier in the week, just a little beefed up a little bit and switched around. And I was I was looking forward to it on the sheer fact that yeah. it was in Ota Ward, and, and I thought they'd go a little bit harder. And it really did. You ever been to that venue? <laughs> really or that's wasn't. another bucket
1: list venue for me. I'm thinking about it, I never been to Ota Ward Gym.
2: No, but there was I, I there haven't. was I like really on, I think that's, on, that's on our trip
1: there was a a Joshi promotion. I want to say Pro Wrestling Wave was running Ota Ward Gym the same day as one of the big shows, maybe maybe even Invasion Attack. And we were like really Ah, thinking about it, but when we saw how far it was that we would probably miss part of Invasion Attack or whatever show it was, we were like, ah, we can't really do this because it was. I really wanted to do it, but well, you,
2: well, you made the right choice in terms of going because you ended up going to that Noah show in Differ. That's true. You got to see Differ, and that's yeah, Differ. That place isn't open anymore. Whereas you'll get the chance. You didn't
1: get, didn't get to go to Differ, right? Yeah, Differ. No, nope, nope. we got also, that over the well. really cool. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't even exist anymore. I, but so sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this, you know, the main event here, you know, uh, all the blow blows and, you know, a million things that happened at the end. It was kind of fun, but the early part was just so slow and boring, and the pretty much anything ELP did just dragged this match down for me, even though I, I loved Desk being Kanemaru. And, you know, they the, the highlight of this match, and why I even won his highest three and a quarter, was Desk being Kanemaru getting to work babyface. Kenemaru, like, did a really beautiful moonsault Mm. at one point, and, you know, just the both, they were really fun as, like, the faces here, as Suzuki-Gun has been really fun as faces throughout this entire Bullet Club feud, but, um, you know, it was just, uh, just the match itself, just like, everything ELP did here did not work for me, so that's why it's only three and a quarter. Uh, anything else you want me to move on to the semi-main event?
2: Um, I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, I, it was, it was fine. I, was hoping to enjoy it a lot more than uh, I The <laughs> semi
1: main was an elimination match, uh Hontai and Chaos. We had to put so they they had to put the so if you looked at the top, they don't list the rest of those names, but it says like New Japan Main Army and Chaos versus Los Ingos. And we had to put and Chaos for show. He's the only Chaos member of this match. First of all, you couldn't you might not just put up New Japan Main Army and Show. And second of all, who cares about the difference between the New Japan main army and chaos at this point? I mean, it's meant nothing since the day Tanahashi <laughs> and Okada had that handshake. Uh, but yes, so the New Japan yep. main army and Chaos uh, defeated LIJ. Uh, Kota Bushi, Tanahashi, uh, Tomaki Hanma, Show, and Master Wato beating Sonata, Shingo, Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi. Uh, Honma eliminated Naito last over the top rope in twenty four twenty two. Uh So this was the other big disappointment of the show for me. I usually love these elimination matches and I was really looking forward to this, but like, you know, this was fine, but no, really, nowhere near as as good as I was hoping. I mean, the eliminations just were very predictable throughout. Other than uh...
2: yeah, they, I don't feel like they got they had a creative bone in their bodies when they were like yeah. forming this match the way out. <laughs> it was just like just dump them over the top rope, like uh, basically like the Royal Rumble, or just kind of backdrop them over the top rope and then punch them and he'll fall to the floor. And it was kind of that standard type of uh. Elimination tactic. Yeah, but, no, no, yeah, no. It's totally sorry. fine. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it. very,
1: lots of over the top rope eliminations, lot, a couple double eliminations. Uh, you know, they just had Abushi and Sonata. I mean, I guess the big shocker was that Abushi and Sonata were the first two out. Uh, you know, Bushi tried to dump them both. And, you know, when it looked like Abushi was trying to give Sonata his Swan dive German, and then Master Wato sends Bushi into both of them to eliminate them. But, like, after that, you know, it was everything like, you know, Wato's shooting with Bushi. So Watto uh, eliminates Bushi uh And then, you know, you know, Hiromu takes care of Wato, uh, but then Show eliminates Hiromu because they're feuding. uh Shingo, you know, eliminates uh Show because they used to have a feud. And then Tanahashi gives Shingo a dragon scuff off the apron c- to eliminate him because they had a feud. And then, I don't think there was a single pin in this entire match, which is usually, you know, pretty wild. I mean, you, there's usually at least one, and you know, it was all over the top rope. um And it comes down to Hama and Naito. That that was probably the highlight here. And I use that term loosely, I guess. But this feud, you know, this is a point I'm going to make. I guess I might as well make it now. I mean, this tour, um, the Road to New Beginning tour, the main feuds, you know, which are Sonata and Kota Ibushi for the double titles, which, you know, they're going to meet on, uh, I believe, February 11th, Uh, Hiromu and Sho for the junior title February 10th, and Tanahashi Shingo for the never title on January 30th those feuds have no juice at all i mean there is nothing on this tour that's building them up to be anything and i'm really surprised by that especially in the case of shingo and tanahashi which i thought i thought that feud would have a ton of juice i thought that would be really interesting instead they've barely done anything with each other i mean tanahashi came out and said at the end of the last show that like uh his exact quote was like never is not my goal so it's like why are you challenging this fucking title then buddy and it made it sound like, well, I just want to use the Never title <laughs> as a stepping stone to get back to challenging for the double titles. Because what else could he mean by that, you know? So maybe he'll beat Shingo and yeah. then maybe he'll challenge Kota Ibushi for Castle Attack. That's fine. But, like, they need to be doing something else for this field. Like, Shingo should be pissed that he's saying that. Shingo hasn't showed any kind of, like, fire or anything. He hasn't really done or said much of anything as far as I could tell. And, like, all he's basically said was like, oh, Tanahashi, I'm going to beat him. And that's it. Like he really hasn't done anything. Like just very like uncharacteristically low key stuff from Shingo in these promos. Um, you know, Show and Hiromu, move. They're doing like a, uh, and I guess the problem with all, the, maybe the big problem with all is all three of your top feuds right now are babyface versus babyface, and they don't really have any. Uh, you know, there's like no viciousness behind them or anything. But like Show and Hiromu move are just doing like, oh, we're gonna have fun fighting each other. That's fine, I guess. Um, and that probably has like the most heat of the three feuds, probably, which is, you know, not saying much. And then Coda and Sonata haven't done anything. And I've, I've been a Sonata defender and I've been a Sonata apologist, but man, buddy, you're challenging for the double titles. You could do something here. Like you showed some fire in that Evil feud, and you like, you know, that feud, and, and, and end up with a match that end up being su- surprisingly really good. And like, just do something with Coda here. Like get this going, because. This has no heat at all so far. um But yeah, the, the, the feuds that have been working on this tour are like Naito and Hanma, which they've weirdly teased at since like last September. So that's like one of the longest term programs going in this company is to see a Naito and Tomaraki <laughs> Hanma. When Naito was like taunting him before the G1 whether or not he'd be able to go into it, and obviously he didn't, um, which I thought was like a way to set it up that, like in case they couldn't get the foreigners in, which was a, you know, which wasn't a uh a guaranteed thing at the time they were going to put hanma in which would right. i mean imagine that that would have been horrifying but yeah i mean i thought that's what they were doing there but they they mm-hmm. we they went back to it now and you know Han, the whole story here of hanma you know naito is very dismissive of him and is like you know you're below yota Tsuji to me um you know as a as a target right now and you know hanma's whole thing is like he's desperate just to show naito that like he should even be taken seriously at all. And he gets, you know, his moment here to dump Naito over the top rope. The problem, I mean, the feud itself is great, especially, like, the promos and stuff have been really great. The problem is Homa can't move. Like, that's a bit, Like, it'd be great <laughs> if homa could move still. If this was the Hanma of 2016 or whatever, when he was, like, a brilliant underdog and, like, doing all this, like, this feud would be awesome. The problem is he can't move. Yes. So, I mean, you know, they there.
2: And I mean the the only like layer of just like I, w- I won't even like I would I wouldn't even say uh, I'm sorry I lost my train of thought he when it's like whenever he goes for that kokeshi off that top rope that's the only moment in his match where I feel anything really it's just like and it's not it's it's not like excitement it's fear for his life because I don't want him to actually like go through with doing a kokeshi off the top rope after basically breaking his yeah. head off. Of the I mean, there of the
1: was body. a moment in this match where, so Naito was trying to send Hanma into the ropes to crotch Tanahashi up there when he was going for the high fly flow. And sending Hanma into the ropes was very generous because Hanma can't move. So he goes to send him, and Hanma <laughs> yeah, yeah. very slowly stumbles back up into the ropes. Uh, but yeah, and that's how Naito eliminated Tanahashi. But yeah, I mean, like, look, the people, there's people out there who will tell you that Naito can't move, uh, and I, it makes me wonder, like, what do these people think? Like, Naito obviously has slowed down a bit. Yeah. But, like, you, you see him in there with Hamma. Naito looks like he's in his fucking prime by comparison. And it's like, I don't know what these yeah. people think when they see, you know, like, what do you... if You say Naito can't move, like, do you, you think Hamma's an actual corpse? Like, I don't understand. But, yeah, it is uh you know, it is it's a really... It's an interesting view, but also, like, just not obviously just the, prop, the part that Hama can't move is a big problem. But yeah, Hama eliminates Naito here, yeah. uh, over the top rope to eliminate him. And Naito cut a great promo afterwards in the backstage uh, promos where he was like, you know, he starts to say, uh, those over the top rope eliminations don't count. Then he's like, I hate when people say that. It does count. And, you know, it's just like his kind of thing is like being the hardcore fan voice or something. And he's just like, you know, just, and then he basically <laughs> says, you know, Hama, you've gone up the ranking a little bit. You're still below Suji, but you've gone up a bit. And Hama, you know, was given this very, uh, sincere babyface promo about, like, oh, uh, do you notice me now? And then they had a, you know, the, the tag match they had on today's Korikan, uh, which was Naito and Hirobo against Hama and Show. that was way better than this. That was, like, a three and a half star tag match. And, you know, Hama, like, like, he looked like, I don't know, like, uh, in kayfabe he's supposed to be revitalized from eliminating Naito, eliminating Naito but, like, he looked like he was actually moving a little better, too. It was very weird. But yeah, I mean like he you know, that that oh, was wow. his best match in forever. And, you know, they uh, obviously show and Hiromu were great and Naito was you know, the, Naito was good. And the the entire match, like, you know, built to this big spot where like Hanma uh looks like he might actually be able to beat Naito, but Naito uh gets some help from Oromu and then gets that uh that, that jumping flash pen he does to to paint Hanma. So yeah, I mean the Naito Hanma thing is like the second most interesting feud in New Japan right now. We'll get I mean the first is obviously uh empire against Tenkozy. but that's again with two old guys in it so you know the old men are carrying this tour to a degree um and you know the the evil okada feud is kind of interesting too i think which we can get to when we get to that match it's at least something uh but yeah like the 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 side feuds two of which are not building up anything on this tour they're just in tag matches the entire time the side feuds are kind of carrying the company uh through this tour and the main feuds are just nothing and that I, guess, that, I guess, also dragged this uh, match down. And, you know, I slapped three stars on this. It was perfectly fine. But, you know, in these elimination matches, they definitely get hurt by... They used to have like these molten hot crowds that went crazy whenever there was even a tease of elimination. Obviously, you can't do that during COVID. But, yeah, this was, like, disappointing. And I think a big part of why it was disappointing was, you know, how, like, nothing these top feuds for the top matches on this tour feel right now so
2: yeah i uh, not to beat a dead horse but i i agree i i I feel like we're agreeing on pretty much everything today but yeah new japan's uh uh i don't know i can't i can't remember the last time i felt like just basically everything new japan was presenting felt stale or dry and just just really nothing to to really get excited about and it's I i don't know if it's Hopefully it's just a, a holding pattern until, you know, the spring or something. I don't know. But it, it, there's just, there's something lacking in that. See, I,
1: right I think what I would say is more, not that I think things are that dire. It's more like there's a lot of stuff underneath under the surface. That I think they can go to in the future and that it's going to be exciting. But the stuff they're focusing on now is so yeah. fucking boring and such a test pattern and it, it screams, Well, we can't do Fantastic Mania, so we have to stretch out these feuds that normally would go two weeks into a month and a half and it just does it's just not working. That's, I mean you know, and, and like like I said, the uh, like the guys who are most interesting are the people doing nothing, basically, or the people doing on the undercard stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, that isn't long term that's not a problem. I mean, at least there's people in the company that feel interesting, but um, You know, and I think there is stuff that they will set up for Castle Attack and then, you know, the New Japan Cup and Sakura Genesis that will be exciting and probably will be. It could be exciting and probably will be exciting, but the stuff they're doing now on on top just isn't exciting at all. And I'm really surprised uh, by how fast this Kota Ibushi title reign feels like nothing. And I don't know if that means that the Kota Ibushi reign is going to be pretty short or if it's just a case where the first challenger here isn't clicking or what. But yeah, Coda, Coda is a chase guy and throughout his career more than a champion. I mean, we went over that in a past episode where like all of his DDT title reign for like 90 days. And I kind of wonder if that might not be playing out here again, where like, you know, he's a, he's a guy to get behind while you're waiting, you know, you want him to win, but I don't know if he's like a great long-term champion,
2: but yeah, yeah. I, I don't no, think it's no, he's not, nah, he's not. That. <laughs> He could lose a castle attack. Yeah, to I, somebody. I, I could totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, or whoever wins the New Japan Cup, I yeah would be surprised. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, yeah. It, it just definitely feels like, like you said, like the main story's just there's nothing yeah. really, really there. <laughs> I mean, the, the you know the they have all the parts to make something, but they're just they're it's kind of all. Not yeah. really cohesive It's right very now.
1: much... I mean, it's, it feels very much like we're killing time. I mean, that's all it feels... I mean, like, killing time is... Like, yeah. You know, and if it's killing time until we get to, you know, really good stuff, I guess we'll see. But, like, yeah, it, it, it's not a good follow-up on looking Kingdom at all. I mean, just just not anything to this tour so far. Uh, and, I, I mean, with the main stuff. Yeah. There, there is some lower stuff that's, like, simmering that looks pretty cool. Like, if anything, Castle Attack looks like it might be the big, you know, just... And they don't normally do... I mean that could be the other problem they, so normally the, the the schedule works fantastic mania new beginning then basically like some other little corkins and then straight to anniversary show and new japan cup and invasion attack this year they're trying to squeeze basically yep. another big show in there so it's going to go new beginning castle attack and then anniversary show and new japan cup and invasion attack or in sakura genesis now so maybe there just isn't enough there to do you know two big shows before the new japan cup like, you know, almost three big shows sure. of the anniversary show, even though they don't they don't normally do a title match there. But yeah, I maybe mean, there just isn't enough juice there. So, I mean, you know, maybe the, the big pre-New Japan Cup stuff will end up being on on Castle Attack. But, I mean, they're also missing a bunch of foreigners too. But, you know. Uh, you know, like, yep. there's stuff that's been teased that sounds cool. Like, Suzuki backstage, uh, you know, basically said he wanted to face somebody bigger in Bullet Club. And he listed Evil and Jay White. But then he said Kenta and was like well now kenta you're not the only person who has unfinished business with john moxley now if kenta versus Minoru suzuki was one of the feuds we're building up right now for new beginning i mean that would feel really cool probably <laughs> but that sounds like it'll be a castle attack match. yeah so yeah. again you know it feels like castle attack is going to be the the, the pre new japan cup uh event that has a lot of heat and stuff so i guess we'll have to wait and see but yeah Kent i'm 100% here for yeah. kenta suzuki that'll be awesome uh, sure. then we have match number yeah. three. The one thing that is carrying this tour right now, the, uh, Empire against Tinkozy, uh, here we have, uh, Tenzon getting disqualified in 1152, uh, for beating up Ocon with the chair. So this was the, so basically they, they took out Tenzon uh, on the January 6th New Year's Dash show. Uh, Ocon gave him the, his own TTD. And, you know, uh, they did a big neck injury angle. So Tenzon. You know, he did not come out here like everything was normal. He came out here fucking pissed. And he showed a very appropriate amount of anger in the early going. Just like blatantly choking Ocon while he's down on the mat. Which you never really see him do anymore. Uh, you know, it's easy to forget this, but he was like a top heel for a while. I mean, he had the he was the original leader of Great Bash heel. Back when that actually was the, the top heel unit. But yeah, I mean, this was like the most vicious he's been in a long time. And, you know, Ocon like reversed him on the mat... And was, like, just blatantly targeting his injured neck. And he, like, got his back and was, like, pounding on him with punches. They did, like, a claw hole in the neck. Um, But, yeah, there was, like, a... You know, Okan looked just, like, a... a, a, You know, we didn't mention him as, like, a... Somebody that probably can do bigger stuff later in the year. But, like, he is... uh, He looks like a fucking star here. I mean, you know, at one point, Kojima uh, comes out of... Like, Okan is already so good at the little things. Like, Kojima, at one point, comes out of nowhere... Gives him this big koji cutter, and Okan takes this gigantic bump, like practically bounces off the mat like a pinball. And that's the kind of thing I feel like people don't give him nearly enough credit for, because he's already so good at like making people look good. Yeah. Um, you know, especially compared to Will Ospreay in this match. Because Osprey later on took a Koji cutter and he took the bump by I'm trying to just think how to describe this. He ran his face first on the mat he leaps upwards like in a very clear way but you can tell he's jumping and like wails his arms around like he's trying to fight the air or something before rolling out of the ring. I was like, buddy, that was not a good bump. So I don't know, especially coming right after the Ocon one. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Osprey, you know, he can be very hit or miss for me, and that was definitely a miss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's bit of that's one herself. way to put it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, this match was really good. Like, easily the best thing on the show. Um, You know, all the Tenzan versus Okan stuff was really heated, Uh, and I know Tenzan has a lot of trouble moving. But again, next to Hama, he looks like a spring chicken. Uh, So I went, I went three and three quarters on this. I thought this was, I thought this was really good. I didn't at all expect the United Empire team to be left lying, even with the DQ. But that's what happened. So uh, they really like they're laying Tenkoji really like. You know, look good here leading up to these two singles matches. It's by far the best built thing on this tour. So,
2: yeah, God bless Juice yeah. Robinson uh, for allowing this to happen. Yeah, exactly because of his injury. <laughs> because I'm I'm like all in on this Osprey Kojima feud. It's uh, it's I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to that singles match
1: quite uh, a bit. Anything else to say about the actual match before I move on? Okay, so match uh, no. number two no, was Okada Ishi- Ishii. And Yoshihashi against Evil Yujiro, and Dick Togo. Uh, Okada submitted Yujiro in nine fifty eight with the money clip. Um, so this is the other thing where like I'm not as high on this as the Naito Hama thing or the obviously the Tenkozi versus uh, you know uh, Empire thing. But the Okada Evil storyline is kind of interesting. I mean, you know the whole thing with like Evil um, doesn't want to face this guy in the singles match. They're matched up on all these tags and. Okada's like openly asking the New Japan office why they won't just book the singles match and you know, they do they do a little too much of this in the backstage promos now where like the New Japan office look like idiots or like heels or something. Uh where like the, you know, they did that with uh Naito and Ibushi like openly wondering why the fuck Jay White, you know, got to be on the second night after cheating to beat Ibushi. Um but other than that, I mean I think it's a you know, it's a little interesting story. It's you know, it's more interesting than some of the other builds are are on this tour for sure. Um you know maybe make the people really wait for that okada evil match so by the time a match that really will be for nothing probably at castle attack finally happens you know maybe people maybe some people will actually be looking forward to it so i i can get i get what they're doing here yeah uh this match itself though not very good i went like two and a half stars on it very average um you know just a you know little definition of an average new japan multi-man tag here just you know doesn't help but it ended with the muddy clip the worst move worst finisher in wrestling so
2: <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, thrown off because Cage Match actually has this match listed incorrectly. They have a uh, Goto, and I'm using that as a reference. And I was like, Goto wasn't in yeah. this match; it was Ishii. And uh, I, that was the one. That was the one note I had for this match was uh, Ishii and Dick Togo when they were in there together. Yeah, it was, that was true. pretty great. Uh, it was brief. It was brief, but I would love to somehow see a, a singles match between those two again if if, uh, if New Japan wants to throw it on a just a one of these meaningless Corkins or something. I would more yeah, be more they than happy a that in.
1: kind of thing. Obviously, they, like some random singles matches like that would be really cool. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, they uh, you know that that's definitely a highlight. That was the height of the match. The rest of the match was just nothing. So you know,
2: because yeah, they faced the attack tag team there for a, a brief moment, like in the early two thousands, and I think they've only had like one or two singles, uh, like in history. And I, I don't know those those two seem like they would have been in the same kind of circle or locker room uh, for yeah. a good portion of their careers so I uh, want to see it. <laughs> the opener was Minoru,
1: Suzuki and Doki defeating Gato and Jato uh, Doki pinning Gato in 927 with the Jorge Labar special uh, so Gato is doing like a whole gimmick now where like he's a sad boy because uh, you know Jay White is maybe gone forever um, but yeah he looks like lost right now and that's kind of the story they were telling here with Doki pinning him Um, you know, this was the match where, like, on paper, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? This could be cool. Uh, in actuality, it was, like, two and three quarters. I mean, it was, you know, it was a decent little opener. Uh, it's just so many spots with Jado are a little painful, uh, to watch. And the opening heat sequence was kind of boring. But, uh, you know, all the stuff with Gato against Doki and Suzuki, like, going nuts during the match. Like, you know, one point. So, so they're doing, like, the hot tag, uh, setup where Doki can't get the tag to Suzuki. But then when Gato tries to run over to close eye Suzuki off the apron, Suzuki just grabs him in this rope-assisted armbar and then just fucking goes crazy on both guys without even getting the tag, which was like a really interesting little twist on the sequence and really fun. And then Doki like takes advantage and like gets a running double stomp and a nice axe bomber on Gato for a two count before eventually getting the pin. Uh, but yeah, this was... Uh you know, they're building up a Jato versus Doki singles match. It seems like, which is certainly a thing to build up, I guess. But, uh, you know, I don't, I like, I like Doki a lot, but like, I don't know what he can do with 2021 Jato at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: to, to be fair, I feel like 2021 Jato somehow. Is that's a good point too. <laughs>
1: the, even as, even as bad as he's, he's moving, he better that he was moving like at the new Japan cup last year.
2: <laughs> seriously. Yeah. he, I mean, his physique, yeah, like, he's he's gotten into a lot better shape over the past couple months. But, yeah, I mean, I he could barely walk to the ring, I feel like, in, in like, early summer last year. And, and now he's, I mean, working pretty regularly and, and moving around a little bit better uh, for what it's worth. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that,
1: that so this show, like I would say, pretty disappointing. Um, I guess still better than the three Coricans from earlier in the week. But, really, like, I don't think you need to watch that old award gym show. Maybe just watch the tag match with Tenkoji and, uh, you know, and the United Empire, but the rest of the show is very skippable. Uh, I would, I would, like I said, the the, the, the show today, uh, which was the core came from today on the 24th, which we're not going to review match by match, we're just going to mention a, a couple of things. I haven't even seen the main event yet, but the other the other matches on this card, I mean, the, the opener, which was uh, Doki, Desperado, Suzuki, and Kanemaru against Tiger Mask, Makabe, Nagata, and Uemura, that was like a three and a half star match. That was really good. I mean, you know, Oyamura looked like a million bucks in that match. Just really got to be a l got to be like a major focus and, you know, that was a lot of fun. Uh there's another wild United Empire against Inkozy Brawl, where this time, uh, like Okan came out all pissed off because of what happened and uh you know and Osprey did too, but Okan was like the star with like beating the shit out of Tenzan in that one and it went to another no contest. Um the evil, you know, Okada tag was about what It's been throughout the entire tour, which is fine. Um, but yeah, then the other highlight was uh, Lij versus you know, I already mentioned this the Naito and um, Naito and, and Hiromu against Hanma in a show tag, which was a lot of fun. So, yeah, there's some the Corrigan today was fun and I think better than the Odaward Gym show overall. But like I said, I still haven't watched the main event yet, so
2: uh, yeah, right on. Yeah, I'll have to you know at least put this on in the yeah. background network and there's, one cork in, there's one
1: more there's one more Korokin left on right Monday uh, yeah so that's the last one and then oh, after wow. that we go to Nagoya on Saturday for the new beginning in Nagoya uh, which has the Shingo versus Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi never title matches the main event and then the Kojima versus Osprey and Tenzan versus Okan singles matches uh, an eight man tag with LIJ against Hontai Hontai and Chaos because show is there can't forget about Chaos and then uh, Okada and Yano against Evil and Yujiro opener. So, you know, some good stuff there. That'll be, be, I mean, even even though the build has been kind of crap, I mean, the Shingo Tanahashi match itself could still be really good. So, you know, excited to see that. And then, obviously, the Empire versus Team Koji singles matches should be fun. Uh, and then that's it. And then after that, obviously, the next the last two shows of the tour, uh, or the last two, yeah, well, there's some more Korokans in between, but then the tour wraps up with February 10th, uh, the new beginning in Hiroshima, which has the very anticipated Master Wato versus Bushi uh, singles match, and then it also has uh, God against Taichi and Zack for the tag titles, and Hiromo versus Show for the junior title. And then the next night in in Hiroshima, the other half uh, is uh, the definition of a one match show. I mean, just Sonata versus the Bushi. But yeah, I mean that's all we got here. Yeah, I mean
2: yeah. If, if they if they if they threw all of that on one show, all the big map is I, I know it's logistically it'd probably be easier, but they're, they they want to stretch it out like they normally do. But I don't know; it just makes for kind of a lot of a uh, lot of uh, just mulling through, just like just samey, like just the same thing it seems over and over again. And I don't know. Hopefully, New Japan gets out of that that grind soon. Yeah.
1: So you know that'll be and that'll be it for the tour, and then we start the road to Castle Attack very quickly after that. It's uh, let's see when does it start? I think it starts like a few days later. Yeah, like three days later, February fourteenth. So let's see how many there's a million Corkins on this tour. One, two, three, four straight nights. Four straight Corkins. Sunday, Monday, (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and And yeah, and then they go back. Twenty second, twenty fifth, Monday, Thursday, and then you get the two nights Castle Attack. Uh, 27th and 28th, then you get a few days off again before the anniversary show on March 4th at Budokan, and then the very next day, New Japan Cup starts March 5th so, you know plenty of New Japan to watch it's so definitely can't complain about that but, uh, yeah. you know, some of these shows definitely, like, like people just don't these core kids especially, like you don't have to watch them, that's why I always tell people it's like, you know, they're going to run these shows because they need to make money, you know, they need to sell tickets uh, you know, and they can't Especially with the amount of tickets they're, you know, they are only able to sell right now and stuff like that. But like, you don't have to watch them all. Like, just put them on the background or anything. Like, just you know, don't don't go crazy trying to watch keep up with all these Corigans. I mean, they're really not worth it. So, uh, okay, so yeah. let's get to our mailbag questions we got, and then we can wrap it up here. Uh, first of all, on Twitter from at Renegade Dugongs, he says, "Where can all Japan even go from here? Does Kento just win the carnival?" Um, I mean, I think the answer depends on is Nomura coming back or not, because if Nomura is coming back, he should win the carnival and he should win the title. If he's not coming back, if his, you know, his career could be over, if it's going to take even longer, I mean, I would, I know people hate it, but I would do Jake Lee. I mean, there's really nothing like Kento has nothing to gain from winning the carnival, especially at this point. Like I would, I I get that people think it's never going to happen, but like, just try it like give jake lee his shot I've, I've I've, made this argument a million times just give him the fucking shot see if he can at least be something as a champion and hold the belt for a little while and then you always go back to kento have kento beat him he's beat him a million times i mean but like i would, I would give it a shot at this point what do you have to lose
2: right yeah it's, it's like i i don't think it, it's smart honestly to go back to kento that fast too just to like to Kento to drop it to Suwama and then Suwama to drop it back to Kento. I mean, I feel like they've done that in the past, too. So it's like, just throw some fresh meat up top in that, that main event scene. And I yeah. feel like that would help out a lot. And I, I think Jake is more than deserving of it. And people
1: people I, really I hate him and say something. Happen, but like him, a nurse. What does that mean if they never give him a chance? I don't, I don't know. But like, he's never going to have... Clearly, he's never yeah. going to have, like, all-world charisma. We get that. But, like, it, you don't have... I mean, especially with the state All Japan's in... I mean, no one's asking him to be Kensuke Kobashi. I mean, just give the guy a shot, you know? Right. Uh, at Travis Zick, is it time for All Japan to stop focusing on the old guys? Uh, I mean, they don't have a lot of guys, period. Don't, they don't really have a lot of choice, you know? I mean, I guess to a degree, but, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really... I mean, they just, they just... They have to push who they have, I guess. I mean, they, you could have had Ashina win. I just... I don't know what else... Like, he he didn't he felt very cold to me anyway, so... I don't know. I mean, I guess the answer is yes, but, like, what what else do you want them to do is also my other question, so...
2: Yeah. Kohei Sato. You Just go, go with a new old guy. Uh, Beth <laughs> at Love Songwriter
1: says, as we are quickly heading into new beginning for New Japan and with all the Unite the Title story, where do you see it going from there? I don't know. That's a great question because, you know, Koda said that stuff about wanting to Unite the Titles and then it hasn't really come up at all during the build to him and sonata like you know koda like sonata mentioned it like once and koda was like we're not worried about that right now it has nothing to do with your title match I'm like well then what what are we doing with that like is is new japan gonna just like announce one day the belts are, un- are unified like are, are we gonna get a new belt brought out is new japan gonna say no like it just feels like like everything else at the top of the card is in a total holding pattern I mean, I would assume the answer is they're going to bring out a new belt at some point. But, like, I don't know why it's taken so long. So, if that's what they're going to do.
2: It just doesn't make sense to have him lose, like, the IC belt to to still hold on to the IWGP heavyweight title or really anybody. Like, it's just, I don't, I feel like that'd be pretty tacky (laughs) for booking, like, a top guy like that. But unless you have some, like, crooked, you know, heelish ant- antics or, you know, Bullet Club, you know, somehow only challenging for one belt at a time or something like that. I, I just, I can't see why they would keep both on one person for yeah for another year. Um, <laughs> on, the,
1: on the Discord, a couple questions. Uh, first of all, Ice Age Coming says, who should avenge Blackminster raids unmasking by the disgusting, despicable Jun Kazai?" Well, Ishikawa obviously is going to step forward to uh, defend the Snake Man's honor, so...
2: Yeah, and then uh, Kasai did throw a, a little errant boot at Omori, who was uh, seconding <laughs> Mensore, So maybe we'll get a a, a really exciting Kasai Takao Omori yeah. match for the Gau. And then Joe TV Gagney 5-10. asked, <laughs> "Who would
1: you have on Seat Suam?" I think we kind of said, but yeah, I would. I mean, assuming Nomura can't come back, I would do Jake Lee. That's what I would do. But
2: yeah, yeah, that I I would agree with that. And if Nomura, like even if Nomura did come back, they would take. Quite a while to build him back up to the status he was when he got hurt. I would imagine they wouldn't just throw him right into the the triple crown scene. So, I say give it to Jake, man. That's it seems uh, so we easy. We got <laughs> one last
1: Discord question. On, back on the twenty second, before I even announced this show, I hesitate to know if I should read this one or not. It's very long. It has nothing to do with anything. Do you want me to? <laughs> let's give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> so he yeah, says, it. "Dear John." This is so dopey, but hopefully it is okay. I like to think of myself as kind of a forward-thinking, sci-fi-minded motherfucker. I would love to someday see Wrestling on the Moon. It obviously would be quite a different dynamic, perhaps more akin to ballet or theater, but I think it could be pretty cool. I know Gravity is a bitch and E equals MC squared or whatever, but I think it's achievable. I love the high flyers, and I understand Gravity on the Moon is roughly one-sixth of what we've got here on old terra firma. I'm not a rocket scientist or whatever, but I'm pretty sure 450 times six is a whole friggin' bunch of rotations. Any any thoughts, Joey? <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Yes. Wrestling on the Moon sounds great, <laughs> and I think you totally sold me on it, so thank you for that question. <laughs> uh, Mixel picks? What
2: Do you know anyone's... I would like to see it. The Superman villain,
1: I think that's what he's named after. I have no idea how to say it. Mixel picks or something. I don't know. I'm not a Superman. I'm not a comic book guy. So I really, I can recognize that that's what it is, but I really have no idea how to pronounce it. So, but thank you for that, sir. That was something. Uh, Yes. Anyway, I guess we can wrap things up here. Um, Go ahead and give me any plugs, Joey, because I got to plug the Patreon, which I forgot to do at the start, like I usually do.
2: Sure. Yeah. No, I don't really have anything. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm Joey um, at Joey underscore Bay. Um, on Instagram, I'm Bowie J. Um Yeah, I just try to keep it positive for the most part on my Twitter, um, especially in terms of wrestling. I just, I don't, I don't usually put the, the negative thoughts out there. I just kind of leave that to myself and try to pimp out whatever. So I, whatever you don't uh, whatever tweet about, you hate about, so. I
1: should assume you hate. Like. <laughs>
2: Uh, i wouldn't go that far i just i i don't i'm not compelled <laughs> enough to even talk about it is, is probably more accurate go. but
1: yeah <laughs> uh or i meanwhile just <laughs> of course you can follow us on twitter at wrestle omakase wrestling women Fet. uh check out the wrestling omakase patreon uh patreon.com slash wrestling omakase uh the big thing right now i mean we're wrapping up our uh the first part of our series covering every tokyo dome main event in order uh, so if you want to check that out, I mean we we just did the Big Egg Wrestling Universe, which was a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, the next two episodes are coming out this week will wrap things up until we re- resume it next year, and it'll be the uh, New Japan Show from one which is the Hashimoto versus Kensuke Sasaki main event, and then the uh, the Tokyo Sports like many promotion show that ends up being another New Japan main event because that's who was the main event of it, uh, which was the the weekly pro show, yeah.
2: Oh, the weekly pro show. Yeah, but I mean, we're
1: basically like crazy. when I looked at it on the thing, I'm like thinking like, oh, this would be cool to do as a change. But since I'm only doing the main events, it's just another New Japan main event, so <laughs> it means very little for me. Uh, but yeah, so it's Hashimoto against uh, Masiro Chono. But yeah, so those. are... That's oh, sorry, Go ahead.
2: What? Oh, no, I, I don't want to take the the uh, whatever you were talking about on that episode. But is isn't that main event like just? Like rated horribly and like New I Japan think, tried to like scrap I think it that from might their be the history yeah, books yeah, I or my thinking. Of it? I remember New Japan, the, or I think okay. the big
1: problem was they got completely overshadowed by the All Japan Six Man that came right before it.
2: Yeah, that, so like they that's it, looked, what it was. The, yes. You know the, yeah.
1: the All Japan Six Man. uh I can't. Let's see. I'm gonna look up the. I'm gonna look up what it is now because I'm curious. I just remember thinking it was like with those six guys. I was like, oh, I bet that was way better than Hush. not to take anything away from Hashimoto and Chono, but I bet that was like. <laughs> That really overshadowed it, and I'm sure it did. Uh, well, Cage Match doesn't want to live right now, so oh, I guess I sure. will not be telling you who is it. that <laughs> Although I have my, my copy bag for it. Let's see. Uh, some exciting book opening sounds on the podcast probably. Okay. So it was Akira Tawe, Johnny Ace, and Toshiaki Kawada against Kenta Kobashi, Stan Hansen, and Mitsuharu Misawa, and it went to a time limit draw. So I'm sure yeah i'm sure that was okay awesome. yeah that sounds so, amazing <laughs> but yeah there's a like basically yeah. every promotion you could think of at the time gave it gave a match and yeah the, i think the new japan one just had a really hard time following that all japan match so but yeah we'll we'll be talking about that on the patreon
2: makes sense um
1: <laughs> and then after that we'll be doing uh submissions from patrons so patrons are allowed to submit any match they want with uh within certain rules although people have already been trying to break the rules like give me brit res and u.s indies and stuff which i didn't want but i I let them do it because they're paying me money uh but yes i mean you know if you still (laughs) want to sign up and submit some match for me to cover in february for five dollars you can do that and we're taking submissions until january 31st and then we will like randomize them and i'll be covering you know two a week throughout the month of february so uh yeah we got all sorts of stuff it'll be really fun to talk about i mean everything from like current new japan old school joshi uh you know i think there was like some brit like, like i said, a brit Res match in there a low-key versus brian danielson from a jpw match which will be fun to talk about i mean all sorts of stuff so definitely check it out uh it's at patreon.com slash patreon.com slash wrestling omakase excuse me losing my voice here uh this is what happens when you do four pack pe- four podcasts <laughs> Uh, but yes, that's where you can find all of our Patreon bonus content. We also did a brand new full five matches episode uh, with VOW Sean Cedor. That went up this past Monday. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, if you haven't heard that yet, you can go sign up on the Patreon to check that out. All righty. With that, folks, uh, next week I'll be back here with uh, Voices of Wrestling's Paul Vosch. Uh, Paul and I are going to talk about two shows again. Uh, the New Japan, New Beginning, and Nagoya show on the 30th we talked about with uh, Tanahashi and Shingo, and the Noah January thirty first January thirty first Corkin, which is like their last hype show before Budokan, so that should be fun. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you as always for listening, and I will see you next time.